Rebel Force Radio is brought to you by Nissan and the best in the galaxy sweepstakes. You could win your own custom solo a Star Wars story inspired Nissan. Visit NissanUSA.com slash solo for entry, full details, and to view official rules. NissanUSA.com slash solo. MeUndies. First-time customers get 20% off their first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. For your discount, go to MeUndies.com slash RFR. Need a good night's sleep? Casper can help. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com slash RFR. Use promo code RFR. That's Casper.com slash RFR. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Are you hiring? The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. RFR listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash RFR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RFR. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Well, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what are they going to do? It's May the 4th. You got <laughs> Rebel Force Radio coming out on May the 4th. What, what are the guys going to do this week? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do what we do every week on Rebel Force Radio. We're going to talk Star Wars, as only Rebel Force Radio can do. What are we going to do? That's what those other shows need to worry about. That's what they need to be thinking about. What are they going to do? You know what I mean. Those shows like... Good morning, America, and the Today Show. They're going to have to throw out some little bone to Star Wars fans. Well, right, mm. not us. Not us. Yes. Well, okay, maybe we'll do a little Orbiting something. Orbiting the planet at maximum velocity. This is Captain Tarkin of the Republic Army issuing the following order to listeners across the galaxy. May the Fourth be with you. That is all for now. You may proceed with the operation. All right. May the Fourth be with you. May the Fourth be with all of us on this and every day of the year. But it's great to be with you. Great to have you with us here, Rebel Force Radio. Oh, it's so special whenever we get to release a show on May the 4th. Though I have to say, and I've said this before, and I know it's not a popular opinion, I personally believe that May the 4th is the, as some people have called it, the hallmark holiday. It's the sweetest day uh, to... May 25th, Valentine's Day in uh, Star Wars celebration. But we'll see what uh, someone else has to say with it. And by someone else, I mean my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. (laughs) Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars. Yeah, I I just think it's funny that you say some people call it a Hallmark holiday. Wasn't it you who called it a Hallmark holiday? (laughs) Maybe it was me. I think you called it the Hallmark holiday. I liken it to Sweetest Day, which we know is... 
you know, was a holiday that was actually it wasn't made up by Hallmark. It, it was certainly capitalized by Hallmark. But Sweetest Day actually has a connection to Cleveland. It was a chocolatier in Cleveland that would give out free chocolate candies mm-hmm. on Sweetest Day. It became Sweetest Day. So there you go. So Well, Sweetest Day should be about eating sugary confectionery treats and not me having to buy someone a card or take her out to dinner. But uh, that's okay. Hey, listen, I'll do that any, any day of the week. It doesn't matter. But uh, Star Wars Day is today. May the 4th be with you. And, uh, Jason, you're right. All the TV news shows and everything, they're all looking for some sort of spin they could put on it. My friend Jeff Hoover is a producer at WGN Morning News, and he was telling me that uh, they actually went out and bought their own Star Wars costumes this year. No kidding. Because, yeah, for whatever reason, the 501st couldn't participate in their... uh, and there's Star Wars stuff this year. I think they wanted to do a game show or some kind of crazy stuff like that. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, there's a lot of people out there that assume that the only way a Star Wars fan has to celebrate May the 4th is to dress up. I have people mm. that I work with on the day job, and uh, the day before uh, May the 4th, they're like, Oh, you going to come in a, in a Star Wars costume tomorrow? Oh. You're gonna be just like Jabba the Hutt or something. Yeah, you gotta dress up. That's how they sound too. Because it's sort of condescending, but also sort of fascinated at the same time. You know. Well, they just want to be prepared for when you come walking in the door. <laughs> everyone, brace yourself. Here comes Swank. Well, you know, everyone. I think that has been listening to the show. You know my philosophy on cosplay. You have to let the costume choose you. Right. You don't choose the costume. Right. If I was going to choose a costume, you know, I, I sure wouldn't we all love to be, you know, Han Solo or Lando, someone dashing and, you know, but, but look at my stature. I'm too I'm too tall to be Yoda. And mm-hmm. maybe too short to be one of those kind of freaky tall Jawas that you right. see running around on. Ta- you oh, know which yeah. you know which ones I'm talking about. The yeah, ones the that are like ah, the stretched out that? Jawa. Yeah, the stretched out Jawa. Yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? And of course, then there's another side of the coin, and that's the supernatural. There's a, a sort of a I feel almost like superstitious if. I were to dress up as an Ewok because I'm too tall to be an Ewok. And we've all seen what happens. It's bad mojo. If you're a tall Ewok, the last tall Ewok I ever saw was Steve Sansweet. And he was on stage at Star Wars Celebration 4. And he wiped out. He was dressed up as an Ewok on stage. And he wiped out. I think he put like a... You know, ten inch laceration into his leg. It was it was horrifying. It, yeah, it was quite a quite an injury that he got. It wasn't funny. No, because I tried to joke about it to Steve, and he was not laughing. Mm. So uh, that was I mean, maybe it was Star Wars Celebration three. But he came out there dressed as an Ewok. We we're yeah. like, holy cow! And then boom. Yeah, and uh, it was not funny. Um, but th- no. that to me, so I become superstitious. About, you know, testing the Endor gods, you know, about yeah. like, is that cultural appropriation? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't eat, you know, don't put ideas in their head, please. Okay. But um, so tall Ewoks or um, tall Jawas, the, the, the stretched tall out Jawas, Jawas you know, what's with you the know? stretched out Jawas? I know that that uh, when they 
when they were making the film, there was a combination of of uh, little people, actors that were used. There were also kids that were used. I believe children in some of those costumes. Absolutely, you had a. I I want to say maybe Gary Kurtz's kid was in that mm. shot, or uh, some. You know, it would be like crew children. Yeah. I don't think Kenny Baker did a Jawa, but I know Jack Purvis did. And oh, Jack okay. was Kenny's show He's... business partner, you know? Yeah. And, and both of them landed in the Star Wars with Kenny becoming R2. Well, they were like Jack... an act together. They, the they were. Them, right? Yeah. They were. They had like Laurel sort of... and Hardy. In this case, you'd be like Hardy and Hardy. I don't want to say vaudeville, but I think vaudeville actually might be appropriate for the era in which they were working together. Yeah. So they had this uh, shtick, and uh, they landed in Time Bandits together. I think Jack Purvis Mm -hmm. was in that. And, of course, uh, Star Wars and Empire. And then Jack died. And uh, so he was not in Jedi. Mm. But... um, Yeah, the two of them were a package deal with Star Wars. And so Jack was kind of like the... um, He he wore many hats. He was always the chief. He was the chief Jawa. He was the chief Ugnaught. And uh, then, of course, Kenny was R2. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of an interesting story uh, to to think about uh, those two guys, how they came into Star Wars together, two guys who had worked together for so long. But, um, you know, the only time like a Sith Lord can be short is Darth Stewie. That way, I don't think you're t- you're you're testing the gods too yeah, much. Yeah, you know, I look, I look, I admire the folks that can just say, you know what, I, hey, hey, I, I I don't care what my, my my stature is. If I want to dress up like Han Solo or Princess Leia or Rey or whatever, I, I'm going to do it. But I think it's this. Ever since I was a kid, you can you can ask my mom. It, she hated Halloween because I always put so much pressure on her. Mm-hmm. For my costume, it had to be so authentic, and I was always let down, uh, you know, because it was just it was not perfect enough. So I have this kind of, uh, you know, m- mentality that it has to be perfect, and and you know, I'm not going to go out there and and you know, I would love to be Darth Vader, but five foot three Darth Vader, <laughs> not so menacing. Like, like I said, say, Darth Stewie. Darth you know. Stewie. Uh, but anyway, so to answer the question for everybody uh, in my life that is asked. Over the last few days, will I be dressing up on uh, May the 4th? No, I will not. In fact, later up, uh, coming up on the program, we'll be discussing all the various ways that you can celebrate, not just today, but your fandom uh, every day. Um, And uh, in particular, how they're celebrating in Chicago. So we're going to put Jim to the test and see if he's um, ever partaken in some of these Chicago area festivities set up just for... May the 4th. It, who Ooh. knows? By now, maybe he's already taken some of those in. Well, Plus, we've got uh, a brand new friend of ours. He's been listening to the program for some time, but we're excited to have him on the program. Uh, from Zen Studios, Chris Baker. He's going to be dropping by to talk about Star Wars pinball for various uh, console gaming systems and iOS, etc., etc. Uh, plus, of course, uh, we're just weeks away from the release of Solo. So, Solo news coming up. And, of course, your listener feedback, as always. But... Uh, we're very, very uh, excited about all the things coming up, including this 
theme that keeps coming up. These Star Wars, the, these Rebel Force Radio jingles. I, <laughs> yeah. th- this is a th- it's a thing now. All of a sudden, uh, that we're getting right. a hit with these, and we've got another one. It doesn't take much to get our audience going because we have such a talented audience of Star Wars fans who listen. And I knew that we would get positive response if we said, hey, we're looking for some new Rebel Force Radio jingles. Let's hear them. And uh, coming into the rotation is an RFR jingle veteran, actually, Ben C. Foster. Ben has uh, sent us jingles before in the past. Uh, One of them is like... uh, Kind of something out of the old uh, Ponderosa TV show. Uh, you know, it's like mm. um, it kind of has that sort of uh, sound to it. And so that's Ben. And uh, he uh, sent us a new, he sent us a new one here. It's called uh, Rebel Force Radio Loves You. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, well, right. OK. Um, and uh, so let's uh, listen. I have not heard this. I wanted to save it for the show. And uh, so I'm sure Ben is uh, definitely going to bring all of his musical talents and skills here to the podium as he as he comes up on stage to take the center spotlight. It's Ben C. Foster and Rebel Force Radio loves you. Awesome production, too. Ben Foster with Rebel Force Radio loves you, and we do. We love all of you, and we're so grateful for you to be tuning in every week. It's it's fantastic that you spend this time with us, and all your emails and your voicemails and all of that. It really does. It it, it means a a great deal. Um, Speaking of emails and voicemails, let's open up the uh, Rebel Force Radio mailbag here, and we've got uh, a message here. Does this come by way of email? I assume actually Facebook. Oh, Facebook. All right. Actually Facebook. And I got to admit, I don't look in the Facebook message mailbag as often as I should. I don't know why that is. It, it, it's Jim, they kind you of have... hide it on the page and it just doesn't jump out to me. So I always forget it. Do there. you have those people in your life that try to communicate to you with Facebook Messenger? Yeah. And I always say, uh, email me, email me yeah. or text me, text me. And then they keep on with the Facebook. With but the I, Facebook, you know, I don't understand this. I, I, is this like a real, like widespread communications medium here? This this Facebook Messenger thing. Well, I think it is. I think it is. And uh, despite the fact that uh, Facebook founder uh, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. oh Mar- Mark Zuff- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zuckerberg, yeah. Fluffy Flufferton. <laughs> how did I confuse that? Oh, that's, <laughs> but, uh, that's, a, that's a different website. Uh, he, uh, yeah, despite his uh, going up to Capitol Hill and uh, plead in his case, people are still using Facebook as uh, active as ever. And uh, so uh, we got something. We got a great uh, message here in the mailbag that surprised me and really put me in a great mood. Because, Jason, you know I'm a sports fan. I do. Yes, yes. I am a And you know fan. that I have... I have seen a sport. So, <laughs> well, I heard rumors. I I've not confirmed these rumors, 
But uh, of course, you know, in the in the winter months, I, I I love watching football on Sunday, NFL football, and so I was really thrilled to get this message. Uh, let me just read it. Been a huge fan of your guys' podcast. My name is Tom Savage. I'm down in New Orleans, and I was previously in Houston. I'm a QB, that's quarterback, Jason, for the New Orleans Saints. Just wanted to reach out and tell you guys how awesome your podcast is. I just love listening in. What I like about you guys is that it allows listeners who don't know as much as the absolute diehard fans it gives them a place to go somewhere and learn and listen to other people's ideas, theories, opinions, etc. And you guys welcome all Star Wars fans and don't judge on the education, the Star Wars education of the fan. Tom oh Savage, New Orleans Saints. Tom Savage is Drew Brees' backup. And uh, I, I certainly uh, you know, don't wish ill will on, on Mr. Brees, but boy, I'd like to see Tom get some... Uh, some reps in uh, the uh, upcoming NFL season. And uh, it's great to know that NFL players listen to RFR and are Star Wars fans, most importantly. And Tom Savage is one of them. So, Tom, great to get affirmation from an NFL player, let me tell you, Now, should as, I, a, as, as should, a super fan myself. Should I assume if I see Tom out on the field and he's wearing that helmet that he's got Rebel Force Radio blasting inside those... The speakers inside that they they yes. have speakers in those helmets. This quarterback, sure, right? but I mean nowadays you have those AirPods, and uh, you can just give the ref your iPod and he'll put it in his pocket, and so you can go out there with the AirPods in, and yeah, he's probably listening all the time, every practice, even on you know. the field. Yeah, he's out there, and you know he's acting like he's uh, launching proton torpedoes at the uh, Death Star, so. That's that's amazing. And our uh, longtime listener, uh, I hope he's listening to this show, Sonny from New Orleans, who mm-hmm. I know is a big Saints fan. Wow, Maybe there's so- a name I haven't heard in a long time. Right, right. Well, I'm putting a call out to Sonny from New Orleans. Uh, if you have a Star Wars question for uh, Tom Savage, quarterback from the New Orleans Saints, your New Orleans Saints, uh, why don't you send it to us here at Rebel Force Radio, and I'll pass it along to Tom, and we'll see if he's game and uh, try to uh, see what kind of Star Wars Tom, sort of Star Wars fan Tom is. Yeah. But Tom's right. You know, we don't judge anyone. And I think here's the most important thing to me about doing this show about Star Wars. And I was thinking about this a lot recently. I'm like, what is the most important thing that you want to do every week on the show? Is it break the big news scoops? Like, you know, we've had our share in the past. You know, sometimes hit or miss, but whatever. You know, we've had our share. Do we want the big interviews? We've certainly done a lot of those. But I think the most important thing is, when I sum it all up, is are we having the most fun? fun with star wars yeah and that's exactly what i want to have happen on this show every week is just have fun with star wars that that's so true and that has been something that you know i remember we we, we used to say and we, we still say no fan left behind and that doesn't just mean you know us going and covering a convention or an event or something and bringing it back to the show and and the listeners it also means that there's no star wars fan left behind in the sense that 
we're not going to go out and, and, and spend the whole show on, on some tangent, on some little, uh, little bit of minutia that only 5% of Star Wars fans uh, understand or care about or whatever. Now, you said whole show. Let me specify. I, th- I, said I said whole, whole show. Uh, hey, I said whole show on purpose. Because the muni- the muni- because the mu- the, the um, uh, what, what do you call it? Minutia. Minu- the minutia and the tangents are extremely important. They are. <laughs> you know? They are. But you you know, I just I I love that Tom has picked up on that because it's it's not something that we sit down and go, oh, we want to try to do this. You know, it it, it it's something that. From the very beginning of uh, the, the previous show with myself and Pete and bringing Jim on, you know, just a matter of months after that started, uh, it's always been about, and I think, Jim, you've mentioned when you listen to, to Pete and me for the first time, mm-hmm. is that that's something that you got, that this wasn't about being the, the person with the most encyclopedic m- memory of everything and all things Star Wars. It was just, you know, friends talking Star Wars and having fun and it just and, and and relying on, you know, some of the outside people to be the experts. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know what? Sometimes you appreciate the saga better when you get it from someone else's perspective. It opens up a lot of different possibilities to you uh, that sometimes you can't see. What, what I, I've said this recently. You're not seeing the forest through the trees. Right. And uh, that's what I think is uh, always the most important thing to do is, is to have fun with Star Wars, welcome outside opinions, and uh, you know have conversations with people who don't have that uh, knowledge, you know, they haven't read all the novels like you have or memorized all the right. reference books and everything, which I, I, I have to a degree. So, uh, yeah, I got to confess, got... you know, one of my biz- biggest weaknesses that I, I shouldn't say weakness, but one of the things that I'm really not good at as far as my Star Wars fandom is that, um, you know, various troopers and vehicles, I just have no memory for at all. If it's an armor and it's not Darth Vader, I really don't know who the character is other than it's a trooper of some sort, some sort of trooper. Uh, you know, but to me, that's OK. That's fine, because, you know, the, the dialogue in the films is something that I really honed in on as, you know, as a fan, as a kid. So that's that's, the, you know, one of my strengths is that I um, can remember the lines and the, the, the nuances and the way that certain things are spoken. But then there's another, you know, guest or there's somebody that comes on the show that they're really into the troopers or they're really into the vehicles or the planet names or the, you know, all of that stuff. So that's what makes it fun is that this sort of collaborative way that we all explore this, this galaxy together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and collaboration is key. Yeah. And community and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it certainly has made it all a lot more fun for me as a guy who's been involved in fandom for four decades plus now. Yeah. Come right. on. I mean there has to be something that continues to bring you back. And to me, it's the bottom line is fun. So thanks fun. a lot yeah. to our uh our listener uh Tom Savage over there with the New Orleans Saints. I hope you have a great off-season and uh, looking forward to uh, watching you kick butt in the 2018 NFL season in New Orleans. And Sonny from New Orleans. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully he will contact us and this, or else this bit will go nowhere. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> we're, putting, we're putting a lot on it. 
with with old Sonny. He's he's too busy looking at centerfolds of Asajj Ventress. Oh, don't say, don't say that. That's <laughs> oh, oh my God. This is General Obi Wan Kenobi. May the fourth be with you. The galaxy is listening. I tell you, I just could not be more excited to welcome back one of our absolute most favorite sponsors of all time. I'm talking about our wonderful friends at Nissan. Yes. And uh, what, what's important is not only is Nissan back, but they have a super important message that we must share with Star Wars fans because this is amazing. This has been years in the making. We've been talking about those great show cars Nissan takes out to celebrate the release of the latest Star Wars films. We certainly saw some great ones that came out with The Last Jedi. Of course, uh, Gwendolyn Christie was on the red carpet where uh, our friend Jeremy Meadows uh, with Nissan was hanging out there with these Star Wars customized show cars. And she was absolutely blown away by the Captain Phasma show car wants it for her own collection and i mean how cool would that be to see uh phasma herself gwendolyn christie driving a customized nissan maxima that is uh you know all decked out with the silver and and with the uh the front they made look just like phasma's helmet it's amazing you can look it up online just uh, do a google search of captain phasma themed nissan maxima and you'll see what i'm talking about yeah and if you get an accident in that car you'll just see the blue eye <laughs> just coming through the windshield, just coming through the windshield, the that's right. Yeah. yeah, like or if uh, you know a, a rock flies out from the back of a truck in front of you and it cracks your windshield. That's what. Yeah, it's magic how they do that technology. <laughs> no, that's of course not true. But there is amazing technology in the Nissans, and uh, we always uh, want our listeners to go to their local Nissan dealer to check out the cool uh, things they have that's tied into the latest Star Wars movie. But this time, Jason, it, you know, also, you know, go see the dealers. But it's really important you visit NissanUSA.com slash solo because you have to enter the best in the galaxy sweepstakes. Now, this is huge. And this is the news I want our listeners to have. You could win your own custom solo, a Star Wars story inspired Nissan. Jason, what you do is you visit NissanUSA.com slash solo and create your own custom solo, a Star Wars story inspired Nissan in the best in the galaxy sweepstakes. And you could get lucky and actually win the whole thing. So it's a lot of fun to go to the website and use your creativity to make a customized Star Wars car. But imagine actually winning it. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that's amazing. Some of the Nissan vehicles you could actually win in the sweepstakes include 2018 Nissan Rogue, Nissan Titan, and all-new Nissan Altima. And if that's not enough, if you win the sweepstakes, you'll also get a limited edition Range Trooper helmet. Now, those Range Troopers, those are new to Star Wars in Solo. J- Jason, can you recognize a Range Trooper? If I, I can. I can. They're the ones with the big okay. fuzzy boots. Okay, good, good. Okay. Well, I, yeah. Are they fuzzy? Are the boots fuzzy? Oh, I guess the boots aren't fuzzy. No, they, but they've got, they've got some uh, fuzziness going on. <laughs> uh, and, so, uh, 
I would recognize it if I saw it. Yeah, I would recognize it if I saw it. A range trooper helmet that you could put in your own collection. You could keep it in your garage right next to your Star Wars-inspired Nissan. It's a Nissan exclusive, and it's produced by Gentle Giant. And I know that name means a lot to Star Wars collectors listening to this show right now. So this is, uh, there's only going to be 90 of the helmets actually made. And, uh, of course, the grand prize is uh, Nissan Rogue Titan or Nissan Altima. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. And 6318 opened to legal residence of the 50 United States and D.C. 18 years or older. you got to be 18 years or older to enter into this amazing sweepstakes. And for full details, to enter and view official rules, visit NissanUSA.com slash solo. That's NissanUSA.com slash solo. I'm going to enter. I don't know if I'm actually eligible to win, but I am going to enter. And uh, I, I suggest everyone listening to the show do it. But do it soon. You only have a month because this great sweepstakes ends June 3rd. So do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Go to NissanUSA.com slash solo and enter to win. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. This is Eric from Phoenix. Um, it's Friday. I'm driving to work. And uh, I was just thinking back to listening to last week's episode. Uh, Billy Mack um, deserves an Oscar or an Emmy, or maybe just a Razzie, but uh, his <laughs> his uh, Lando uh, impressions are awesome. And uh, what's funny is I was listening to your episode that section while I was out cleaning our pool, and I had I had your episode playing on a Bluetooth speaker because it's not a good idea to have a phone in your pocket when you're around the pool. And so it was a little, you know, obviously it was loud, and we had our windows open, and my wife caught tail end of Billy Mac, and the funny part is, the part where she really started realizing, number one, she thought it really was Billy D. Williams, until the part with the bulge in his pants. Um, then she might have stopped what she was doing and asked me uh, about that, but uh, great job by Billy Mac. Speaking of Lando, um, just curious, I've thrown out some kind of a crazy idea with having Billy D. Williams and Harrison Ford show up in the beginning and the end of Solo, which would allow an introduction of Lando into Episode Nine. But how about this? With Carrie Fisher passing away, to me, it seems like the door's much more wide open to bring Lando in to Nine as kind of the leader of the Resistance Rebellion, whatever the heck they're calling it now, um, and kind of a mentor to Poe. Um, Maybe he comes in on a bunch of the fleet that's out someplace else, the Republic fleet that's out someplace else, and decides to join the resistance and shows up. So just curious to get your guys' thoughts there. Um, also, why do you think they haven't put the tickets on sale yet? It's inside a month. I'm surprised. It seems like the last three movies we've had, um, we've had these things on sale months in advance. So just kind of an interesting change. I, I, I don't fully understand it. I'm just curious to get your guys' thoughts. Anyway, keep up the great work. Take care. Well, thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. I was just asking Jimmy Mack before we started recording the program this week, when, when are we going to get these tickets? We've got a big event coming up, mm -hmm. downtown Cleveland, Playhouse Square, Kennedy's right. Cabaret Theater, Solo in Ohio, and we don't have any tickets to the movie. Nobody does. 
Nobody does. No one does. And uh, it's crazy. We've actually been hearing from guys who work at movie theaters, managers who are telling us these tickets will be going on sale May 4th. But here we are, Jason, recording this show, Rebel Force Radio. We're recording right now on May 3rd, and it's 20 after 11 (laughs) in the evening Eastern time. So it's it's like if they're going to go on sale, I don't know. There's rumors out there that they're going on sale at midnight. I'm seeing photos of people sitting in Denny's eating the moons over my hammy based on (laughs) Billy D. McInerney's suggestions last week. And uh, or a couple weeks ago. Oh, by the way, the feedback for that's been hilarious yeah, too. By yeah. the way, off I the mean, charts. It's it's been. I mean, I, I'm hearing from people I haven't heard from in years. They're like, "Oh, Billy Mac." You know, I, I I was telling Jason, you know, with Parker on the show last week, doing his impersonations, and then of course my mom doing her Last Jedi review. I, I'm afraid we're losing control of this show to our freaking family members. I mean, wow. It's, wow. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. It is wild. Uh, Mama Mac checking in. So, hey, but you know what? It's a family affair here yeah. on Star on uh, Rebel Force Radio. And uh, what makes it great, though, is like you know, Star Wars is very personal to you and me, Jason. So, I oh, think yeah. it's great we bring our family in too, because nothing's more personal than your family. Right. So, uh, solo tickets, though. Yeah, uh, solo tickets reportedly going on sale May fourth. Uh, Screen Rant is reporting that. Cinema Blend is uh, reporting that uh, they will probably go on sale. Um, Again, like I said, we've been hearing from theater managers from across the country who have been telling us that they've been told that these tickets are going on sale May 4th. So I imagine some big whoop-de-doo announcement tomorrow on Good Morning America, as you mentioned, Jason, or somewhere, you know, online, letting us all know that we need to get our credit cards out and be ready to keep hitting refresh because Mm -hmm. those tickets will be going on sale. So we'll try to get the word out to everyone to let people know where in Cleveland we're actually going to be seeing this movie because, of course, we have our big Solo in Ohio event that's happening on uh, May 25th, on the 41st anniversary of Star Wars, and uh, actually opening day for Solo. But we're going to see the movie on Thursday night. I mean, that's the plan. That is the plan. Opening night, that's how we do it. We don't wait. I can't sit still and let other screenings happen and not be in there. You know, it's just too much pressure. It's too much pressure. And I think everyone who would listen to this show feels the same way. You have to see that first screening so tickets they probably are on sale as you're listening to this show right now check starwars.com or uh anywhere i mean fandango wherever you buy tickets and uh figure out which theater you're going to be going to see this movie and you know not quite the event that previous Star Wars films have been as far as the ticket release date no but i i want to throw out an observation here and that is that we know that the premiere is May 10th, which is a full two weeks before the opening of the film. Yeah. And what that tells me, and I could be way off base here, but what that tells me 
is that the folks at Lucasfilm and Disney feel that they have a winner here. They've got two weeks mm-hmm. to get uh, folks from the you know in the media, the reviewing press, start whipping up those reviews and getting them ready for that you know embargo period so that they can drop. Uh, right around the uh, the release of the film, and also gives you two weeks for those spoiler free reviews that they give permission to. So I think they feel pretty good, Jim. If it was a if it was a movie that they weren't feeling good about, I think we'd be seeing a much much uh, closer or, or, or tighter window between the premiere and you know the, the the private premiere and the public premiere. Well, that could be. I think the scheduling of the. Can Film Festival also has something to do with this timing because it's scheduled to debut at Can that weekend. So they want their big Hollywood whoop-de-doo mm-hmm. for the media and for the celebs and everything to happen before the movie goes to Can. Mm. So you could be looking at it one way. They're confident with this movie. Or you could just be looking at, well, that's just how the calendar works because of Cannes Film Festival being scheduled. You know, they, they don't schedule it according to Solo. It's the other way around. Right. Or what I like to prefer to think of it is a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that the film is going to be screened at Cannes, I think, is a vote of confidence. So um, we did receive the invite here at Rebel Force Radio to go to the world premiere of Solo, A Star Wars Story on Thursday, May 10th. And uh, I had to let them know uh, Tuesday this week whether or not I was going to go. Now, Jason, you revealed to me right away that yeah. you couldn't go well, because your travel schedule is just yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm I'm for listeners of the uh, of Rush Hour uh, know that I've got uh, got to get out to Chicago next week uh, to see uh, the fabulous new production of Jesus Christ Superstar uh, that's uh, premiering out there. And then I've got a whole week in New York City uh, right before the, the solo premiere. So I, and then we've got solo in Ohio the following week. And I got to tell you, you know, when you're a dad in a, in a, in, you know, with a young family, you got to be careful about all that traveling and all that uh, time that you take away from, from home. So unfortunately, that was one of the things I, I had to say right away, you know, Uncle Lon, I can't can't make it to the to the solo premiere but certainly uh thrilled and honored to have been on the guest list that's for sure and you gave me let me just be clear about this you did give me <laughs> your full blessing for me to go by myself i did and go hang out at the premiere right i did i did i you know because uh i i we're in different uh somewhat different lifestyle uh, or life stage life stages we're in we're in different life stages well you're um, just traveling all over the place well i'm, tra- I'm traveling don't get too the, deep about life stages well i'm just saying like I'm, I'm just saying and it's a little bit if i feel like it's easier for you to get away than it is for me to get away is all i'm saying so i did have your blessings i did so yes, the, yes the first person i called i was like well swain can't go I, I i better go with billy mack so i called him i was like yes let's we're doing this man we're doing this he said I, i'm not doing this i can't get off work i can't go it's right in the middle of the week <laughs> and so then i started considering some options and then i started thinking to myself well great now i have to be stuck in a car with billy mack as we drive all the way out to cleveland and i've already seen the movie 
So it's going to be like six hours in the car, and I'm going to want to talk about it with him. And then isn't the whole solo in Ohio thing going to be really anticlimactic if I'd already been at the red carpet premiere two weeks prior? And then I just started thinking about the money and the 2,000-mile difference between Chicago and L.A. So I RSVP'd on Tuesday with a thanks but no thanks. Can you believe it? Oh, I, you know, I've you done just, it again. <laughs> you just, I, I, me, I didn't go to the last you gave Jedi me a flashback. Well, wait a minute. Wait, you gave me a flashback of something. Okay. What? The, the, we, we did get to go to the world premiere of Rogue One. And I remember sitting in that theater, the Pantages Theater in LA, right next to you. And you had already seen like the first 15 minutes of the movie 30. 30 minutes. At Skywalker Ranch, yeah. yeah. I just, and I got to confess, it really bugged me. Like, <laughs> I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't enjoy myself until I thought I got to the point in the film that you hadn't seen. And then I could relax and <laughs> enjoy it. But up that's, to that that's point. That's insane. But... I know it is. It's sick. But <laughs> up to that point, I'm like, wow, Jimmy Jack knows what's coming up, doesn't he? I should just ask you what's going to happen next. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, um, and I have to admit, the the Rogue One experience was, it was great, you know, seeing bits and pieces of it, then seeing the whole thing. But then when I came back to, for opening night with mm. my family, yeah. it was just like, it was like going to any other movie. And I'm in this for the friendship and the love and the chemistry and the energy and all that. And uh, I, I like doing that with the people closest to me. So if you can't go out there and my brother can't go out there. And, folks, Jason didn't know what my final decision was on this until yeah, truly, I just I didn't told know. him. I, I didn't I, tell him. Yeah, I mean, and all joking aside, I mean, I, I, when I found out that uh, we got the invitation and I knew right away based on the date that that was just going to be too much for me, I'm like, but, you, you know, but you got to go. I mean, you should go. Don't, don't worry about me. And so there you go. Jamie Mack. Yes. So Loyal again, to the end. had to uh, turn down uh, The Force Awakens. I had to turn down The Last Jedi. And now I am turning down Solo. And uh, that's what's happening. But yes, thank you so much to our friends at Disney for sending out the invite. I, I'm telling you right now. I would give it away in a contest right now on Rebel Force Radio. I'd be like, yeah, tweet. I want to go to the premiere. And, you know, uh, no, I can't do that. Non-transferable. It's a, it's non-transferable. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kyle can't even go. He's going to be on vacation in Hawaii, the poor baby. Oh, oh, my heart just bleeds. I know. Bleeds so for hard. the guy. So hard. But uh, yeah, so but we will be getting together with Kyle and FJ and Paul Bateman and having that big A team review yeah. of Solo: A Star Wars Story. And uh, FJ has reminded me. Uh, actually, he's uh, made his demand loud and clear. <laughs> yes, he has. That he needs to return to the Rebel Force Radio airwaves before Solo is released, so he can uh, partake in profit or loser. <laughs> The FJ DeSanto exclusive, heard only here on Rebel Force Radio, profit or loser. So I think we'll sync up with FJ next week so he can get his thoughts out there before all the spoilers start happening from the uh, know-it-all press that's going to be at the 
world premiere in Hollywood on May 10th. They'll be there. I won't be there. So uh, I'm going to I'm, I'm saving myself for solo in Ohio. This is Duchess Satine of Mandalore. On behalf of my people, may the fourth be with you always. Han Solo is not a loser. Han Solo, I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. This is a Millennium Falcon. You're Han Solo. You're Han Solo. Han Solo. All right, well, Rebel Force Radio may not be reporting from the world premiere of Solo in L.A., but we will be reporting from Solo in Ohio live Friday, May 25th, 7.30 p.m., Kennedy's Cabaret Theater, downtown Cleveland at Playhouse Square. That's right. We will be invading the halls of Playhouse Square, the hallowed historic halls of the Playhouse Square Theater District for a special live episode of Rebel Force Radio with our reactions to the latest installment in the cinematic Star Wars universe, Solo, a Star Wars story. It's going to be me, uh, Jimmy Mack, also uh, Billy Mack. I think our old buddy Pete is going to be there. It is going to be a great time, as I say, in the intimate Kennedy's Cabaret Theater for an evening of Star Wars talk that only we at Rebel Force Radio can provide, plus... If you get a ticket, you're also going to get a free T-shirt and a button with the great logo, that Solo in Ohio logo that was uh, a collaboration between uh, our pal Kevin Lyle and uh, our buddy Chris Amram, who does such great work for us at RebelForceRadio.com. So uh, tickets are slim. Jim, I was looking at the ticket sales report today, as a matter of fact, and uh, we're down to just a few scant tickets left. So if you can make it, if mm. you can be in the greater Cleveland area for Memorial Day weekend, that Friday, May 25th at 730, we really, really would love you to do it. Uh, go to PlayhouseSquare.org and you can buy your tickets there. Uh, and you can also remember, if you have bought tickets or if you're going to buy tickets, uh, once you know that you have those tickets, you go to rebelforceradio.com slash solo shirt. That is where you tell us what size shirt that you uh, need and we'll have those available for pickup at the show. So we're going to do the show and then we're going to just hang out. Kennedy's Cabaret Theater has a great little bar there so after the show we're just going to hang and chat for a little bit, take some photos, just talk Star Wars. It is going to be such a great time. I'm so looking forward to it and I'm really looking forward to Billy Mack being there with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'll, he'll be doing crazy things I'm sure late night. Uh, <laughs> Lando style, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be just like hanging with Lando, right? Yeah, Billy D. McInerney will be there, so uh, we're really looking forward to making the road trip out there. I, I'm thinking about firing up the mics on the ride out there, do like an on the road with Billy Mac, about rush hour with Billy Mac. Yeah, so may, maybe we'll record record a little uh, mini series of uh, misadventures on the road. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. I, I just couldn't be more uh, thrilled. I got to tell you, it was a real kick because the uh, the marquees went up uh, just a few days ago. And to go outside and on my w walk to lunch and see 
you know, Rebel Force Radio solo in Ohio on these uh, great historic theat- uh, theater marquees is just uh, it, it's a thrill. It really is. So and thank the, you. To- the photos are where? Where are the I, I, I know. I actually, I need to take video because they're animated. And I, I every time I see it, I go, I got to get a picture for Jimmy Mac. Uh, so I'll do that tomorrow. I promise I'll do that tomorrow. We'll get that like on your lunch break or something. Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that's when I usually see them. And uh, one of their actually, several uh, cigar breaks during the day. I'm sure you take. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do a shout out to uh, Stefan who I who works with me at uh, at the day job. Great, great guy and a listener to uh, Rebel Force Radio. A big Star Wars fan. He and his son, and uh, he's actually going to be there for uh, Solo in Ohio. Yes. Uh, he's going to be our, our our sound guy there. He's going to be helping us with the room, and uh, he's he controls. He's he has this office. We call it the Bat Cave because he controls all of the electronic marquees and signage throughout the whole theater complex. And you you walk in, and it, it is it's just like the Bat Cave when you see in the '89 Batman movie when uh, Michael Keaton sitting there with all the computer you know monitors all over. Well, that's what Stefan's office is like, and uh, he's a great guy and has been making sure that Solo in Ohio is proudly represented all over the marquees and the yes. digital signage. So thank you, Stefan. Appreciate that very much. And yes. uh, We have rebel spies everywhere. Everywhere, man, everywhere. So, yeah, it's going to be a great time, truly, if you can make it. Uh, we would love, love, love to have you. Don't forget, if you've bought tickets... Or as soon as you buy tickets, go to rebelforceradio.com slash solo shirt. Let us know what size shirt you want. We'll have those there for you ready to pick up because it is going to rock. Solo. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news come closer i have good news well i have a, a, a bit of a confession here i had really i've been i felt like i've been lagging behind there's been so much great uh video content that's come out surrounding solo a star wars story obviously you had the the, the trailers and then umteen uh, seems like TV spots that have come out, but there was one that, so I finally got caught up on all of these earlier today, and the one that just jumped out at me that was so great was this two-minute promo video that you can see on the official Star Wars YouTube channel. I believe it showed up on on TV. Jim, I think you saw the the broadcast, but this Becoming Solo featurette, Mm -hmm. if this doesn't get you super pumped and excited right. for this movie. I don't know what is. Because this was the piece that for so many people was like, I'm in. I'm oh, in. Yeah. For me especially, uh, I caught it during the NASCAR race over the weekend. And uh, right away, as soon as it wrapped, I, it was one of those things where I stood in front of the television and watched it. <laughs> and as soon as it was over, it's called uh, 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 Becoming Solo. And uh, it's uh, two plus minutes. And uh, right away, I took to the text and started texting you guys and just very excited about the film. And uh, I was really feeling it after watching this this great little featurette. And it features all the big players in the film. And uh, one of those guys is Ron Howard. And he sort of gives us the lowdown on the overall vibe for what's going on in the Star Wars universe when the film begins. The Star Wars universe that we see in Solo 
was different from anything else that we've seen in any previous Star Wars movies. The Empire controls everything. Everyone is struggling to survive, but we discover this incredibly free spirit. It's a rite of passage. You look good. The tests he needs to face, the challenges he has to endure. Those first encounters with Chewbacca. You're gonna need a nickname, because I ain't saying that every time. With the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> with Lando Calrissian. Did you win your ship playing cards? I like this kid. They're in this movie. Can I just say something real quick here? Yeah. And and, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be preachy because I'm talking to myself too. Okay. All right. All right. I'm afraid of what kind of can of worms you're going to open I, up I know, right I, now, no, no, I'm truly I, I don't myself. want to, but 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 there are moments, you know, you have as a fan where you go I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> In this new era, the, the the Disney era of Star Wars, there's there's lots of cynicism. There's a division amongst uh, fans, uh, particularly over the Last Jedi. I, I I see both sides. I happen to really have enjoyed the film, um, but I understand that there's grievances and there's issues. But if you just stop yourself for a moment. And say, you know, go, go back in time. Go back to uh, uh, the, the early '90s or the late '80s, and tell yourself, "Hey, in in a, in a few years, you're going to get a Han Solo movie. It's just about Han. You know, your favorite character, just about Han, mm-hmm. and it's going to be directed by Ron Howard. You know, the guy that you know gave you Willow and." Uh, 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 was in American Graffiti that was directed by George Lucas. He was he was highly influenced by George Lucas. Um, he did the, the the what was the Moon movie? I'm I'm blanking on the Moon movie. Apollo thirteen, oh. Apollo thirteen, <laughs> Cocoon. I mean, Ron Howard for crying out loud. And 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 all, all some people can do is just be cynical. And all of a sudden, you hear Ron Howard. You see him in the director's chair. He's talking about making this movie and Lando Calrissian and Millennium Falcon. Are we crazy? How are we not coming out of our skins about this? Right. This is phenomenal. Well, I, I think a lot of the uh, behind-the-scenes stories uh, during the shooting of this film last summer has made people nervous. I think the mere concept of someone filling those iconic Carillion pilot boots that Harrison Ford, who just stepped away from the role, <laughs> has done such a great job with over all the years. I mean, so much of our identification of Han Solo is based on Harrison Ford. As a matter of fact, the line becomes so thin between Harrison Ford and Han Solo because we see the same character in the case of Indiana Jones. And that's probably a whole debate for, uh, for, you know, I would love to pit two people against each other. You know, someone who firmly believes that Indy and Han are the same character. And someone on the other side of the coin who is just like, sees all the differences between the two characters. And there's different is night and day. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure people are going to start sending email resumes right now to be sitting on the other side of the table from... Uh, from from me, most likely. But uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm not inviting anybody, but uh, <laughs> I'm just saying I would like to see it. I'm not saying I want to participate in that argument. Because <laughs> I get so tired of nerd arguments, let's just face it. Even though sometimes they happen on this show. 
But uh, we've come to identify the character with the actor so much. And like I said, Harrison just stepped away from the role. Now, if The Force Awakens never happened, or if Han Solo wasn't in The Force Awakens, what have you, if Harrison didn't just come back to the role, I think it would be an easier pill for most people to swallow. But... Seeing that Harrison just a couple years ago starred as Han Solo in the big return to Star Wars movies with The Force Awakens, I think that complicates things. So much so that even Lawrence Kasdan, who was brought on board to Star Wars, not to rewrite The Force Awakens, that's not why they brought Lawrence into Star Wars, he was brought on before the Disney sale to work on this Solo film. And he brought his son on board and everything, and this was a deal. But then Lawrence was pulled away from that project to do an emergency rewrite of the Michael Arndt script with J.J. Abrams, or I should say rewrite, but reworking, because Michael, of course, does receive a screenwriter's credit. And that's not just because they're nice people. It's because there was probably an arbitration of some sort, what have you. And he won that screenwriting credit. Or maybe they are just nice people and they recognize the fact that a lot of his ideas were in the final script for The Force Awakens. I'm still not 100% sure on that because the the making of The Force Awakens book was canceled. So I don't know what the hell's going on. It's all conjecture and guessing on my part. But I bet you, I'll bet you anything. I'll bet you anything. Everything I just said is 100% true. Now, back to Lawrence Kasdan. He gets involved with J.J. Abrams rewriting The Force Awakens. When that's all wrapped up, he goes to Kathleen Kennedy. All right, then, so it's good times. And then Kathleen goes, well, what about the solo film? And he goes, oh, my God, we're still doing that? And so, <laughs> so he started working on that because he's down with it. As a matter of fact, we have a clip of Lawrence Kasdan here from the Becoming Solo featurette. This is clip number three, and this is when he... Uh, talks about uh, his attraction to the character of Han Solo. He's the most exciting character in the saga for me. You don't know what he's going to do. I'm a terrible person. He's reckless. <laughs> he's yes. reckless. Yeah, th- that, that was the other thing that kind of got me excited because there, I, I have to confess, there's part of me that has worried mm-hmm. that perhaps this uh, version of Han Solo might not be you know the, the the Han Solo that we have uh, grown to love over the last forty years, right? And so to, to hear that that music and to hear Lawrence Kasdan, who has put some of Han's most iconic words in his mouth, uh, you know he's he's still he's still the smuggler, he's still the reckless pirate, he's he's the opportunist, you know, he's the guy that just sort of. Uh, he's Han Solo. He's the one that we've uh, become such fans of over the years. And so that that makes me feel really good. I think that, you know, of course, George Lucas and uh, Harrison Ford had a lot to do with the development of the Han Solo character. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. Kasdan, of course, wrote so much great dialogue for Han Solo in... The Empire Strikes Back, and in Return of the Jedi. He just seems to get the character. But um, the unsung heroes for uh, 
having a lot to do with creating the the character of Han Solo are the hikes. Uh, William Hike and his wife, uh, I want to say her name Gloria. was Gloria. It was Gloria, right. Yeah. William and Gloria Hike. And what they did was they developed a lot of the trademark solo attitude with the, uh, yes, your royal highnessness, you know, kind of, those kind of reactions. I believe a lot of that stuff came from uh, William and Gloria Hike who were uh, screenwriters and part of uh, that uh, that crowd that Lucas was running with back in the 70s, you know, a lot of the people who came out of USC. And, um, yeah, Gloria, Willard Hike is his name, right? Mm-hmm. Willard, mm-hmm. Willard, not William, yeah. Willard. Yeah, I just looked it up. Um, but they were part of that crowd that... Uh, George Lucas hung with, you know, guys from USC like Coppola, De Palma, Spielberg, of course. And uh, so they they were all people who sort of collaborated with each other. That doesn't really happen too much with these types of filmmakers anymore. But back in the 70s, it was more of a communal thing where they all worked on each other's films. And uh, the hikes definitely uh, had a lot to do with punching up the script for Star Wars. Again, all this stuff can be found in The Secret History of Star Wars, which is an audiobook that we recommend all Rebel Force Radio listeners check out. Or even just, I think you can still buy the actual published edition. But the audiobook on Audible is fantastic because you don't want to miss the impersonations done by Josh Robert Thompson, who is the narrator of this incredible book. The Secret History of Star Wars, The Art of Storytelling and the Making of a Modern Epic. And this is all done with any sort of corporate filters or uh, ego or anything. It's written by Michael Kamininsky, who clearly loves Star Wars. I mean, this isn't all dirt, but it's the truth is what it is. It's the honest-to-God truth, uh, and it uh, was developed after years of research. So you can find that at audible.com slash RFR. And, uh, and uh, yeah, check out The Secret History of Star Wars, because that's where you get a lot of this background information about where a lot of this stuff developed from. George would like you to think that he had this big notebook that was filled with all 12 episodes of Star Wars, (laughs) and it was already figured out by the time the original went in front of cameras back in the mid-'70s. Well, that's a great story, but it's not the truth. And uh, the secret history of Star Wars tells it all. So uh, totally recommend you check that book out. And... uh, and uh, back to uh, what makes Han Solo Han Solo. Yeah, the hikes have a lot to do with it. But having Lawrence Kasdan back in there and, and really you know spearheading this whole thing, writing the script with his son, it really makes me have a lot of confidence that the character will be treated with the amount of respect that uh, he deserves and that we as fans expect from Han Solo. In, in other words, I surely hope they don't wussify Han Solo in this movie. Let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> you know, there's this there's this uh I, I don't know, there's this this idea out there that if you see a character in a film or on a TV show that's exhibiting behavior or uh, personality traits that you might find objectionable in real life. Right. That 
you know that that character needs to be changed or that that character shouldn't operate in the in the realm of the of the the program or the movie or whatever that that they're operating in and that just kills me because you know I, I have talked to my my children and they understand at 5 and 9 they understand that there's a difference between fantasy and reality right and there are things you can say and do in a movie or a cartoon or a TV show that you don't do in real life because that would be bad or that would be frowned upon, uh, you know, if you want to succeed in real life. Yeah. And so my five-year-old and my nine-year-old, they understand this. Yep. They get it. But there are grown people in this world that don't understand it, that if you see a character doing something that's undesirable, uh, that, that, that needs to be fixed. Right. You can't have a character it's doing something. It's a threat something. to society. Right. It's right. a threat. We're threatened by Han Solo's obvious machismo. Right. And his arrogance and cocky attitude. Right. I, I just thought it was, you know, I mean, as even as a kid, I understood that Han was a lot of bravado. Mm-hmm. Han was a lot of talk. He was a lot of hot air. But That's at right. the heart, mm-hmm. at the heart... He would have done anything for, for, for his friends. This yep. is a guy that tried to walk away, could have easily walked away from the conflict from his friends, from Leia, from Luke. But he didn't. He came back when the chips were down for the rebellion mm-hmm. and, the, and the ships were blowing up left and right. Who comes swooping in at the end to save the day? The pirate with the heart of gold. Mm-hmm. But he can't let people know that's that he that there's a chink in his armor, so he's got to get that that armor back up, and he's got to have that you know tete a tete with Princess Leia in the in the hallways of the Hoth base. All of that 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 makes the character well rounded. It it provides opportunities for humor and contrast and all of those things that you look for in in in, in characters in, in characters of any importance or uh, any resonance. And it's just uh, I, I'm I'm so jazzed by, you know, what we're seeing so far and particularly this promo and hearing from guys like Ron Howard and Lawrence Kasdan that uh, this, you know, that this is this is the Han Solo or this is the formation, I should say, of the Han Solo that we we know and love. Yes. Please don't wussify Han. But obviously he is going to be going through a character evolution the Han Solo we meet at the beginning of this film will not be the same character that we know in A New Hope. We have to assume, and we want to see him grow and develop from the baby face that we're going to be meeting at the beginning of the film. And by the end of the film, we want him to be Han. Right. So uh, I think Donald Glover talks a little bit about this in Becoming Solo. We're meeting Han right before he becomes the Han that we know. So that right before. And, and then Alden Ehrenreich himself backs up what Donald just said. You end up getting to see how this guy got to be the way he is. It's all part of this great expansion of the Han Solo world. Expanding the Han Solo world. So we're going to know where a lot of that cynical edge is coming from. We're going to know where his 
paranoia comes from. Han is a paranoid person. I mean, I, I don't think there's any fault in saying that. But we're going to know what put him there. What? What? Maybe paranoid is not the right word. Maybe just someone who always has his guard up. That's mm. what I always interpret from the Han Solo character. And uh, so Alden's going to bring us an interpretation of Han that's going to take us from a place where maybe he's not so much. He's like Ron Howard said, he's a free spirit. You know, and how does a free spirit exist within the tyrannical and oppressive empire? Well, we're going to find out. And we're also going to find out that it's going to be a rocky road for Han Solo. And that's why he becomes the character that he becomes. I was so surprised to see... Uh, in the in that particular piece, there there was a lot, quite a bit of footage that we hadn't been treated to in some of the other releases, mm-hmm. and one of the things was was Han in in battle, yeah, uh, as a, a, a trooper of some sort, Imperial Han. As well, Imperial. did you notice he looked very similar to uh, Harrison Ford in Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi when when he puts on that. That scout trooper helmet, the, the AT. I mean, the, the, the scout walker helmet, yeah. and he puts on the helmet, and yeah. it's very similar to the look he has in. Uh, We've got the, him the, surrounded. Solo. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. that's kind of a callback or a flash forward. I don't it know. Is. Now uh, Esquire has a has an article about uh, or an interview uh, with. Uh, Lord and Miller. Well, actually, it's a it's a big piece on Alden Ehrenreich, and in the process of this um, article, uh, they talked to Lord and Miller about Alden and why he got the role. How did he get one of the most coveted roles? I'm sure in in all of Hollywood. And from what we're gathering, and based on what uh, Lord and Miller are saying, and I think that it does. You know, who knows how long this article has been uh, in the can, ready to go? But it, it, it would—I would assume that it uh, post-dates the dismissal of Miller and Lord. And the fact that Miller and Lord are coming out and they're participating in an article like this in Esquire, vouching for their boy Alden Ehrenreich, I think speaks quite a bit about how they feel about Alden as a as an actor and their decision. Uh, to to cast him. But uh, it, it turns out that Alden was one of the first to audition for the role. For any of you out there that have ever, uh, you know, you'd perhaps uh, been in theater or, or, or you know, auditioned for anything, you always wonder, should I be the one of the first ones? Is it better to be one of the first ones or one of the last ones? Because if, if you're one of the first and you're good, then... You know, the producers and the director, they're going to spend the whole time comparing everyone else to you. Right. Or you can come out at the end and just blow it out of the park. Right. Uh, It turns out that Alden was one of the first to audition for the role. And according to Miller, uh, quoting in this article, Alden remarkably remained the person to beat from day one. We brought him in many times. We pushed him, tried to test his range, and he was always up for it. And brought something new with a great sense of humor. And Jim, that's something that's very important, I think, to the Han Solo character, is that that wry sense of humor. Yeah, but this is the Lord and Miller take. And, you know, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, when they were shooting Solo, we were hearing stories from the set that Han Solo was acting like Ace Ventura pet detective. So I don't know what they were looking for in the casting of this character. And I think that's a real... 
that's a real handicap that Ron Howard has trying to put together this film and rebuild it is the fact that he didn't have anything to do with the casting. And I think that's kind of that's that's rough. Now, I'm not saying that is any sort of judgment on Alden. I, I think I am becoming an Alden fan. I'll know a lot more on May 25th, but uh, I'm really open-minded to having his take on uh, Solo. Uh, I, primarily, I don't know much about Alden Ehrenreich. I did not see the uh, the wacky Western that he did. Um, the name escapes me right now. Bill Billy Mac was just talking about it. Now, well, that, that, that Cohen Brothers movie that he did, right? Is right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy Mac has seen it, and he says Alden's really great in it. And uh, I I should go see it before the film is released. Something else I want to see is, uh, and and somebody's been pointing this out online lately, go check out Silverado, the Western. It was written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan. And people are noting just from the trailers for Solo alone that there are similarities to certain shots in Silverado. And we also know that Solo, it appears to have kind of that Western feel that uh, really the character of Han Solo brought a lot to the original Star Wars when we first meet him in the Moss Eisley Cantina. He's sitting there like a cowboy. He's acting like a cowboy. He's got his back against the wall. He's watching. And the whole showdown with Greedo is, you know, yeah. right out of the OK Corral or, uh, you know, the, the local saloon. And sure. so... I, I think that uh, th- those are two movies to take a, a closer look at is uh, is uh, Lawrence Kasdan's Silverado and then Alden Ehrenreich, the Coen brothers, uh, Hail Caesar, Hail Caesar. And uh, so Alden got a, a boatload of award nominations for his role in that film. He played a character named Hobby Doyle or Hobie Doyle. Looks like Hobby. That's a Star Wars name there. But right there, there's a Star Wars connection. Hobby! You know, from the Battle of Hoth. But I think it's Hobie. H-O-B-I-E. So our hobby has two Bs. The Empire hobby. Boy, uh, I don't know if anyone else has pointed that out. But uh, there you go. There's a very loose Star Wars connection between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Hail Caesar. Uh, Hobby. The character of hobbies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I have to see Hail Caesar. I promise you, maybe before this. I also have to see all those Marvel movies. I, I, there's so much I have to do right now. All right, so you're so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. But yet is. somehow I find the time to to navigate through all those stressful waters to sit here and talk Star Wars with you each and every week. Well, here's what Phil Lord had to say about Alden. He said that he felt contemporary and classic all at once like a tough guy who was really scared and i think that's a really great way to distill han solo a bit you know you get a sense that that han is a tough guy but but maybe scared's not the word but oh you know maybe it's more uh, aware you know kind of in awe of the galaxy around him really understanding the weight of everything uh, but puts on you know that that uh, tough guy exterior all of that, well, and I, I think that's a great description of Han Solo. Well, you know, I think it all is summed up in that scene from A New Hope when they get out of the trash compactor on the Death Star and Han takes off after those stormtroopers, and Leia looks at Luke, and she goes, 
sure is brave. It's a wonder he's not going to get us all killed. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's basically saying this guy's this guy's crazy nuts. Got to at least admire his courage. And then when you see Han, he's running after those troopers, and he comes around the corner and he sees a bunch of stormtroopers. He does a look, you know, like like he's right out of the Three Stooges films or a Scooby Doo episode. Right. And right. and then he he hightails it out of there. You know, you almost hear that Hanna Barbera sound effect. You know, with the feet and then yeah. the ping and the whistle. <laughs> Yeah, right, where the, the, the feet are still running, but the character's not going anywhere. Right, that's yeah. Han Solo with that scene in the Death Star. So I get that, you know, courageous, but, you know, spooked out of his mind. And that's, uh, you know, that scene right there sort of uh, capsulizes exactly what Han Solo's all about when you, yeah. when you put him up against that description. So, I mean, just hearing that from those guys, I, and I know that uh, Phil Lord was fired from the project and everything, but, I mean... It, it, it seems like, you know, just a, a statement like that sort of tells you he he was getting deep into the character's head a little bit and trying to understand what makes Han Solo tick. In the not-so-distant future on a planet called Earth, it's Underoos. Star Wars Boba Fett is here. That means Darth Vader's always near. C-3PO is lots of style. And r 2 deep to just makes me smile. Star Wars Underoos are here, yeah! Don't be so ridiculous, R2. Underoos are for Earthlings. You know, I never had Star Wars underoos. The only pair of underoos that I ever had were Incredible Hulk underoos. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling brave enough. I'm going to commit myself here. I'm going to release a photo of me. What? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I've you got have? a photo of me oh my God. wearing the Incredible Hulk underoos. This is like circa 1980. Oh, my God. 81, about three or four years old. I, and here's the best part, folks. I'm wearing the underoos on my head. Oh, my God. I'm, this is shocking. All right. Uh, but that's incredible. We're going to get this posted on the Rebel Force Radio Facebook When page. you said you never had a pair of Star Wars underoos, I was about ready to jump in and go, oh, yeah, me too. I was like practically, I think I was driving a car when those things came out. And you're like, I had Incredible Hulk ones. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be too old for Star Wars underoos, but you're never too old for great fitting and great feeling underwear like me undies. They're the best underwear they use lensing micro modal in their underwear it's uh, sustainably sourced of course naturally soft fiber that starts with beechwood trees and ends with truly i'm not just saying this the most amazing fabric you've ever experienced i'm wearing them right now and the results are downright dreamy MeUndies adventurous prints and designs are all limited edition, and all new patterns are released every few weeks on a rolling basis. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. When's the last time you heard about underwear with a 100% satisfaction <laughs> guarantee? I'm telling you guys, that's how incredible these feel. And not only do they feel good, but they look really good, too. And it's great for guys and girls, especially guys and girls who listen to Rebel Force Radio, because we have an exclusive offer for you for any first-time purchasers when you purchase 
any MeUndies, you get 20% off and free shipping just for listening to Rebel Force Radio. It's a no-brainer. You get 20% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. To get your 20% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash RFR. That's MeUndies.com slash RFR. All right. Now, this was a, a story that I saw, a really well-written piece at TheForce.net uh, a few weeks back about um, two major plot points that Solo, a Star Wars story, will sort of uh, separate itself from you know the, the, the Legends canon, the old Legends canon. Expanded so universe. Expanded universe, yeah, right. you might call it. Everything that you know before the, the Disney acquisition and the Wendig novels, I think. Um, and obviously there are two big moments in the career of Han Solo that we know are going to be covered in this. The first is when Han met Chewie, right? And the mm-hmm. second is when Han acquired the Millennium Falcon. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't realize this, now, but apparently the Expanded Universe... Uh, covered both of these events. They gave yes. some, you know some some detail. Absolutely, absolutely. Some of this actually uh, came out in the early Brian Daly novels from 1978-79. Goes way back into establishing the background between Han and Chewie and and other things. And then, of course, there was a trilogy of Han Solo novels that came out in the mid '90s that featured a lot of background about the character of Solo. So when we look at the Han Solo, Chewbacca, uh, friendship, the life debt, all of that, that, uh, you know, we sort of just sort of came to know before the before the Internet, before well, I guess the holiday special might have given us a little bit of a clue into that relationship. But that, you know, that wasn't something that had really permeated uh, all Star Wars fans mm-hmm. uh, it aired one time and that was it. Um, but the expanded universe did sort of uh, connect some of those dots uh, after the events in Revenge of the Sith. Chewbacca would spend his days freeing Wookiee slaves who had been captured by the Empire and the Trandoshans. Now, the Trandoshan, uh, Trandoshans as slavers that was established as part of canon via the Clone Wars, right? Um, so they were both uh, prone to enslaving for labor and profit. Uh, you Chewbacca- know the. Um- the uh, tension between Trandoshans, a.k.a. Bosk, right, right. and uh, Wookiees, a.k.a. Chewbacca, mm-hmm. um, I think that goes back even before the Clone Wars. I think really? that was, yeah, I think that was in some Star Wars novels as well. I seem to remember reading things about Trandoshans collecting Wookiee pelts and things of that nature. Interesting. The only Wookiee pelts I ever remember in that sort of before time was that uh, the the braids on Boba Fett yeah. were supposedly Wookiee. Yeah, like Wookiee scalps. Wookiee you know. scalps, yeah. And then, right before the prequels started coming out, there were rumors and talk that those were actually Jedi Padawan braids. Ah. And that there was going to be a big Jedi Mandalorian war. That yes. we might see in the prequels. We had to wait for the Clone Wars for that. We sure did. And no one was cutting off braids at that point. It wasn't. I don't think so. Uh, I, got, I got one. I got one. Now, there is a scene. <laughs> Wookiee in... scalps seem, you know, cutting off someone's braid is just like, you know. 
Yeah, that's he, nothing. He, they, but the yeah, scalping his, a Wookiee. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I, you know, I know he's a Jedi and everything, but you cut off anyone's braid, they'd just be like, uh, ouch. But, you know, you take a Wookiee scalp, that's that's really sending a message. Yeah. Well, absolutely. There's no, there's no question. But um, I think it was the Gendy series where we actually saw uh, Anakin Skywalker get his when he became a knight, yeah. get his Padawan braid cut off. And doesn't he give it to Padme? He does. Well, no, he gives it to 3PO to deliver to, to deliver Padme. To Padme. That's right. Yes. That's right. Well, anyway, so going back to the Legends lore, uh, we had uh, Chewbacca intercepting a Trandoshan slaver ship on a route uh, to a slave transfer with the Empire. He, he led a successful mutiny aboard the ship, killing all the Trandoshans on board, including the captain. Uh, so that's that's the name. S.S.O.H. When Imperial forces showed up for the transfer, they witnessed Wookiees being evacuated from the ship and the commander, Tur Nicholas, launched TIE fighters to intercept. That's where the freed Wookiees were able to escape. Chewbacca was captured when the TIEs led by a young Imperial pilot named Han Solo, disabled the now-empty Trandoshan ship. Once aboard the Star Destroyer, Nicholas ordered Solo to kill the Wookiee, but Solo refused and was then demoted. Right. Chewbacca was placed on Coruscant yep. and forced into labor with the other Wookiees, where they were all subject to regular lashings, other forms of abuse. And on one such occasion, Nicholas was whipping Chewbacca and Solo, who'd finally seen enough, stunned his Imperial commander with his weapon and freed Chewbacca. Wow. Sort of like Broom Boy from The Last Jedi when in the middle of the film when Oh yeah, right. When that that the master is whipping the Fathiers and then yeah. Broom Boy jumps up to save the Fathiers and gets pushed back down on the ground. But uh, So you um, get uh, you get Han Solo, he's he's yes. stripped of his credentials. This is what pushes him into that life of smuggling and gambling. To make ends meet, uh, Chewbacca uh, swore the life debt for Han for saving his life or would remain you know, by his side for the rest of his life. So that's what is uh, established in the expanded universe. Right. And what uh, what this article is stating is that they believe that there will be a little bit borrowed from that in Solo. Now, they, they don't know for sure, but they're assuming based on what we're seeing in the previews. That some of that will actually be borrowed, but uh, a lot of it will largely be uh, Ron Howard and uh, you know Lawrence Kasdan and his son, right? And th- their own take on all this. I see it going in a traditional direction. It was always assumed in the expanded universe that Han was a Tie Fighter pilot because Han Solo is such a great pilot. But in the little glimpses we've gotten, especially in that Becoming Solo featurette, you see. That Han is involved in a ground battle, and he's got a blaster, and he's wearing armor that's uh, very much like a Scout Walker commander. He's wearing the helmet that's very much like a Scout Walker commander, and he. But he's he's on the ground. I mean, he's 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 doing, uh, you know, uh, ground ground trooper combat, and like the Scout Walker gets dropped. And then he looks at it kind of like shocked or something happens. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this footage as it's all chopped together for a promotional piece. So I, you can't really judge it because they do things to sort of 
throw you off the scent. Yeah, they, they'll bit. string together conversations from four different scenes. Right. Yeah. But I think it is that sequence during that ground battle. That's when Han encounters Chewbacca. And through the experience of that battle, Han and Chewie hook up. Well, not like that, but right, right. You know, yeah, yeah. That's, it is they, it they is PG thirteen. So, I, <laughs> and, and, you another. know, judging from the way that the Star Wars novels have been lately, because you know that caller earlier brought up the fact that I had Billy Mack read that excerpt from the latest book, Star Wars Long Shot, which is a Han and Lando adventure, and that part about the bulge is actually in the book. That's actually in a Star Wars book. So, yes. I don't know where the franchise is going these days, folks. But <laughs> hey, you know what? We'll roll with it. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we got pretty we thick have? skin. We got pretty thick skin as far as that stuff goes. So, yeah, what choice do we have? Right. So here we are uh, reading about bulges in uh, Star Wars <laughs> novels in the year 2018. Oh, boy. Strap yourselves in, folks, because that Ryan Johnson trilogy is on the horizon. Look out! <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see where where Ron Howard's uh, film uh, deviates from that. Now, if we look at the second major event there in uh, Han Solo's career, uh, gaining the Falcon. So, according to the expanded universe, uh, the whole thing happened at the Cloud City Sabak tournament. Oh, right? That's the, convenient. Yeah. So this is the I, all of a sudden it's Casino Royale here. All you know, you got. Uh, you know, Bond and Le Schiefer, and here you got Han and Lando. But the tournament gets its name because it is held on Bespin, or as Lando calls it, Bespin, at the Cloud City Gas Mining Colony. It draws players from all over the galaxy, and while playing a version of Sabak called Corellian Spike, Han's able to beat all 100 entrants and walk away with not only 20,000 credits, but Lando's prized ship, the Millennium Falcon. He did so by beating Lando's near idiot's array with what's called a pure Sabak, the only hand that could have beaten Lando's, as he did have the idiot card. Now, idiot's array would then go on to become an episode of The Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, right. remember. Right. And and I believe where, Lando in the expanded universe, Lando had a ship called the Idiot's Array. And he would fly around in that. Am I right about go. that? I, I think you might be right. But I do remember that being a Clone Wars episode, the Idiot's Array. Um, so there you go. So that is the way that the expanded universe, now called Legends, lays that out. I think there will be something similar, but I don't think it's going to happen anywhere near Cloud City. Looks like it happens in some sort of uh, seedy uh, cantina or casino, but we do see evidence in the pre in the, you know in the previews of a card game where we can perhaps assume maybe mm-hmm. we're just carrying a lot in with us. Yes, we assume that that's the the, the loss of. Of the Falcon. Oh, I, I'm sure it is. I'm yeah. sure it is. The The question is, are they playing Sabacc? Uh We don't know if that's going to carry over. Um, the hand in Sabacc, the Idiot's Array, it wasn't the name of Lando's ship. That ship goes back to Heir to the Empire and Talon Card, who was a smuggler and uh, a guy who was like, uh, he was like a snitch. Um his ship was called the Idiot's Array. 
So thanks for the uh, walk down the uh, nostalgic trail that was the Star Wars Expanded Universe. I do miss it from time to time. I do miss it, despite the fact it was a rocky road, as well as what's currently going on with Star Wars publishing these days. Well, what caught my eye was I I didn't realize uh, that, that so much of that was flushed out in black and white. And so it's going to be interesting to see what what they continue uh, with in solo and what mm-hmm. you know and where they where they change course. I wonder um, how many people are going to be upset that it doesn't follow the uh, the trail that's been left in front of it. You know, if it doesn't well, follow that path perfectly, uh, are, are we going to have to brace ourselves for? A lot of old school fans getting really upset, especially the fans that weren't raised necessarily on the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, but they were raised on the expanded universe era. And I I do know a lot of uh, Star Wars fans of a certain age, uh, those novels and those books, those that was their Star Wars legitimately because it was the only Star Wars happening talking about you know people who came of age as a fan in the late 80s throughout a lot of most of the 90s up until about the special edition or even the prequels yeah expanded universe i mean that had a good lifespan even beyond the prequels when you think about it and the west end games that people grew up playing the role-playing game all of that stuff it's it's a big deal yeah uh i you know uh Having seen the Return of the Jedi when I was six years old, and and you know, kind of, I feel you know, I joke that I was born with a stormtrooper action figure in my hand. I practically was, you know, being born in the in the summer of seventy seven and having a brother that was four years older than me. I mean, I was just all the conditions were perfect, you know, for me to just kind of step into that world of the toys and then the film as the cable, you know, HBO was coming on the scene. All of that, uh, it just. You know, it it just was like it was it was fate for me, but that same kind of fate for a lot of Star Wars fans was the release of these novels and comic books and all of that stuff. Totally. Um, couple of things here, you know, as, as it is May the Fourth. Uh, I this caught my eye. Where to celebrate May the Fourth in Chicago? And of course, we all know that my good friend and yours Jimmy Mac is from Chicago so I thought who better to run these options by so if you're in the Chicago area like Jimmy Mac these are some things that are suggested that you might want to do to celebrate Star Wars Day excellent tell me I need things to do this weekend all right how about the go tavern and liquors this Logan Square craft beer uh-huh. destination yeah. will transform into Goes Isley Cantina mm. on May 4th and 5th at 8 p.m. each evening. The bar will be dressed up to resemble a certain desert cantina serving cocktails with names like Vaderade, Leia's Cinnabons, and the Jedi Mind Trick. Star Wars movies will be screening on every TV, and employees will be dressed up and costumed as characters, able to provide, uh, and costume characters will be able to compete for a prize. So you, that's it. Uh, they go tavern and liquors. Go tavern and liquors. Logan Square. Logan Square. All right. Definitely uh, a neighborhood that has really seen a lot of improvements lately. It's up and coming, and um, there's hipsters everywhere. So I'm, 
I'm going to head over there this weekend. Where else am I going, Jason? You also might try the replay Lincoln mm-hmm. Park. Okay, not too far from Logan Square, just a little bit a uh, little bit south. And, That's right. Uh, and so uh, w- where am I going there? Well, one of our favorite arcade bars is getting the May the 4th festivities over the weekend with a pop-up mm-hmm. called Wretched Hive Cantina. This is a Star Wars pop-up that begins on Thursday, May 3rd with Star Wars trivia at 7 and continues on mm. Friday, May 4th with a live performance from the most famous cantina band in the galaxy, Figurin' Dan and the Modal Nodes. They got they got. Can Dan? you believe it? They got Dan in the nodes? Now, how does that happen? Because those guys, I can't... When was the last time they toured? It's been a while. I it's thought they a broke long up. Time. I think I 79 was, was it. Yeah. But on May 5th and 6th, you can stop by for themed drinks and free Star Wars pinball and arcade games. Ooh. That's at the Replay Lincoln Park. I know a lot of nodes heads who are going to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The tape traders are going to be out. Uh, All right. Disco. That's a retro nightclub disco. It's throwing back to the decade in which the original Star Wars films were released with its May the 4th Be With You dance party. The doors open at 10 p.m. on May 3rd, and attendees are encouraged to come sporting costumes to compete for a pair of tickets to the opening night of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Mm. DJ Chess Knight will be spinning the tunes. Mm-hmm. And the venue's LED dance floor will be illuminated with climactic scenes from the various trilogies and spinoffs. That's a, oh, now that alone, that alone might be cool to see. But uh, I don't know about the, the, you know, I'm a little burnt out from the whole hyperspace hoopla whoop-de-doo. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I really want to see dancing Star Wars characters right now. But but hearing about that, that dance floor that shows scenes from the movies, now that would be interesting. So I, I might have to stop in there. So, okay, that's the third stop on my trek. I'm, now, I'm busy, this. man. I am busy I, this, this week. Yeah, and, and you get this. Check this out. Star Lounge. Mm-hmm. Dark Matters Coffee Bar will host a screening of Star Wars A New Hope on its patio. In observation of this auspicious day at 8 p.m., fans of CGI Jabba and gratuitous Death Star explosions should stay home. Because Star Lounge is showing the original theatrical cut Ooh. that hit theaters in 1977. All right, all right. So my friends at Star Lounge showing the uh, the unspecialized edition. That's right. Is what we're saying. So, okay, and what time is that out at? That's at what, 8 p.m. That? 8 p.m. on PM. May 4th. Yeah. On May 4th. So I will have to release this show Probably after 8 o'clock, because if anyone from Lucasfilm hears about these guys doing a public screening of that original <laughs> film, they're going to shut that sucker down. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. All right. All right. All right. Got, so I got one there. more. I got one so, more for you. Okay. So, I'm going to see the movie then. So, that's going to take right. up a couple of hours. Yeah. So, at 10 o'clock, 1030 or so, I'll be back out on the road with my lightsaber in hand. Where am I heading? Well, you might want to check out the Jedi Freeze Mob. There's okay. An or, there's an organization in Chicago. Um, they're, they're called the Chicago Jedi. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're holding a series of Jedi freeze mobs in mm-hmm. for, in celebration of May the Fourth. Participants should put on their robes, uh, and it's bring your own lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Meet at the Agora Sculptures at the south end of Grant Park Ooh, at okay. seven p.m. On May 4th. And then the, the mob's going to move throughout the loop 
striking dramatic battle poses at each location. <laughs> dramatic. Wow. <laughs> Um, boy, I, I picture that Hildebrandt uh, poster with Luke, and he's got the, you know, he's got his pecs, and he's got the same. Yeah. Leia's like crawling right. up his leg. It's, um, wow. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I'm going to be back over at that other place watching the original edition. So I'll I'll follow these guys on Twitter and and check out photos of their dramatic poses there. All right. All right. Well, there you so go. that's a, all right. So that's it. All right. Well, I have a full schedule now. You do uh, between uh, you know disco and liquors and <laughs> more disco um, and it's, unauthorized it's be... film screenings. Totally unauthorized, yeah. well, which is the best way to do it. Sure, because um, we are rebels here, and uh, so yeah, that sounds fantastic, Jason. Um, so yeah, clear my schedule because I'm doing all of that instead of anything else I'm supposed to be doing. All right, now we we did just kind of lay out what to do. Uh, on May 4th, if you're in the greater Chicago area. But you know what? Not everybody is lucky enough to live in Chicago. So if you're looking for some ideas, USA Today had a story. We'll we'll see if this kind of passes our uh, test as to the ways that you can celebrate May the 4th. And they lead off with the most obvious one, watch the movies, or more likely in our case, watch them again for how many times? 500, Jason. 500. 500 times. So that's one way you can do it. The other one that they throw out there is to binge on various Star Wars animation. And they throw out uh, Clone Wars, which can be seen on Netflix. Mm-hmm. If you haven't binge watched Clone Wars, what is wrong with you? you got to get on Netflix and watch this great series. Uh, or you can get on iTunes and binge watch some Rebels, which just wrapped up. Um so that's that's another way to do it. Also, the Gendy series, that's a, that's a fun thing to revisit. If you've not seen the Gendy series, it really is worth checking out. The original Clone Wars. Right. I just saw the discs at a used record store for three bucks a piece. Yeah, they can be had out there. Uh, the second one is a little bit more rare. The first one is very plentiful. The second one... You, you got to do a little digging, but um, yeah, those those used, you know, the exchanges are good places to to grab those. Um, here's one: let the blue milk flow. We all know about the bl- the, the blue milk. Um, but there are... <laughs> yeah, hold up, hold up. What? Mad Magazine, uh huh, released their parody of the Last Jedi. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> What, have you been reading this? Oh, oh! Are you kidding me? Mad Magazine is 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 the best, and uh, it, it was so funny. And uh, you just reminded me of a panel in the magazine, and I'm gonna have to recreate it right now. I don't have it with me. It, it was on my nightstand, and then Michael Mack took it, and it's a hot commodity in my house with the Mad Magazine uh, comes over. But we we have the the parody for the Last Jedi in there, and. Uh, just this one panel when you, you said the thing about the blue milk. Mm-hmm. Ray is watching Luke as he's squeezing the green milk out of the sea cow. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't have it in front of me. But she says, oh, that's really disgusting. You're drinking that green milk out of that creature. And Luke says, don't ask me where I get the chocolate milk from. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, oh man! 
Well, if the green comes from... Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. So let the blue milk flow. You can go to StarWars.com. They've got a whole bunch of food-related recipes and things, including uh, making your own uh, blue milks. So you can check that out. Uh, or how about try a fun real- a virtual reality adventure. So if you're uh, in the Southern California, greater Anaheim area, or Orlando, or L.A., or Vegas, or London, you can check out The Void for a really cool Star Wars VR experience. Uh, Secrets of the Empire immerses players in a rebel intelligence mission on Mustafar disguised in stormtrooper outfits and taking orders from snarky Rogue One droid K2SO. So that's something you can do if you're in that area. Uh, Here's one. Buy something fun and extremely nerdy. Well, I don't know about the nerdy part, but buying some cool Star Wars merch on May the 4th. I mean, what? can't get much better than that so check it out you know some of my favorite places if you're really really hell-bent on getting something new uh, i've had pretty good luck at stores like gamestop box lunch and target actually target over walmart right now of course there's no toys r us anymore uh but you know, uh, that is where i have been uh, able to find What's yeah. the uh, what's the uh, the the dollar store everyone goes to? Uh, Family Dollar? No, or? no, no. It's not a. Do- it doesn't say dollar in the name. It's like uh, buy low or uh, a big lots. No, not big lots. Come on, it's the name of that cheapo store where everything's like five bucks or cheaper. What are they five? Called? Five below. Five below. There you go. Five below. Somebody told me that you could pick up the incredible book by our friend Adam Bray called Stormtroopers Beyond the Armor. And you could pick this book up at five below for below five or five. Oh. So that's a that's a hot tip right there, actually, because that that's book great. is fantastic. I'm looking at worth, it right now. Worth every penny. See it over so, yeah. on the shelf, yeah. So buy your you know what? That is that's a great way because I know Star Wars fans we're 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 selfless. Not selfish, we're selfless. So you know what? Go on your Amazon wish list, find something, and go ahead and buy it for yourself. Buy yourself that 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 action figure or that book or that piece of merch that you've been meaning to pick up and ring in May the fourth and do something a little special for yourself. So I like that. I like I think that's a good suggestion. So that comes from USA Today, and uh, also be checking out Amazon, uh, Best Buy, Think Geek, Pottery Barn Kids, Build a Bear, and and even The Gap. There's all kinds of great specials and uh, uh, sales on Star Wars stuff throughout the uh, the May Fourth weekend. So make sure you're checking those out if you uh, if there's something on your wish list or your uh, must have list. Uh, check out those places because I know that they're going to be running all kinds of specials. Uh, this one I thought was really fascinating. Jim, if I told you that there are red states and there are blue states, but there are also purple states and green states <laughs> and light green states and gray states and pink states, mm-hmm. what would you think? I'd say it's about time. All right. Well, this was uh, this is a fun piece. I don't have the uh, where this appeared from. The writer is uh, it's from uh, reviews dot org. Reviews dot org. So the writer is uh, is is Craig Hanks, and 
so check this out. So they decided to use uh, Google Trends data across all 50 states. So looking at all 50 states and seeing which of the nine proper Star Wars movies, the full-length Star Wars movies, had the most Google searches. Okay, so you, you imagine a, ma- a map of the mm-hmm. 50 United States. Right. And they, they went ahead and they looked at the Google Trends data over the last 12 months to see which is the most searched for Star Wars film in each state. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Now, right. believe it or not, every state, or I should say every Star Wars film from the original 1977 A New Hope all the way through... Uh, Rogue One, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, they all are represented at least one time, from what I can tell, based on this great map, as the most searched for Star Wars film in a particular state. Now, of course, the first state I looked at was Ohio. What's Ohio Googling? I'd like to know. Ohio's a great Star Wars state, as I've pointed out before. Yeah, Ohio, Indiana, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the Midwest... We are obsessed with The Empire Strikes Back. We're a purple state, and The Empire Strikes Back is uh, is king. Now... Okay. Is that probably the most popular film as you look at the entire map? If we look at the whole map, it's pretty overwhelmingly purple. But it all starts to change two states to our west... In Illinois. Yes. Your home state. Would you like to take a guess as to what your home state has to say is the most searched for Star Wars movie? I would like to take a guess, but I don't have to because I have the map from reviews.org right in front of me. Oh, all right. Okay. No guess. (laughs) No mystery here, friends. But uh, I'm looking at this map, and I'm taking note that uh, the great state of Illinois is... uh, Red, which is like the first time that ever happened. Um, But, I mean, seriously. But, I mean, it's the only state on the map that is red. And that's for The Force Awakens. So only in the state of Illinois is The Force Awakens the most popular Star Wars film. And I think there's a couple things we can attribute to that. Okay. Number one, of course... The senior citizens. My mom was taking all of her friends with their oxygen tanks and everything to go see <laughs> The Force Awakens. This is true. So we have that demo mm-hmm. that's getting tapped into that might not be getting tapped into in other states. And then here's the real wild card, though. It's it's Uncar Plutt. And I'm telling really? you this. Yeah, I'm telling you this for a reason. That's the only Star Wars film that has Unkar Plutt in it. And what does Unkar Plutt do? He runs this operation where he's busting balls all day long. He's rationing food to everyone, but it looks like he hasn't missed any meals at all. <laughs> Reminding Chicagoans of themselves with all the sausage, the beef, and with the peppers, and the deep dish pizzas, and the, the steaks, and the burgers, and did I say the sausage? Yeah. There's a lot of that. So it's like people have in at least the Chicago area. I can't speak for downstate, but in the Chicago area, Uncar Plutt is basically welcomed as a fellow Chicagoan. 
Just look really? at him. Oh. Just look at him. Could so, imagine on Car Plutt wearing a Chicago Bears jersey? Oh, I could see it. Of course you can. It's a natural <laughs> fit. The Bears on Car Plutt. Oh you know? man. So I could just see that guy walking at the tailgates at Soldier Field and uh, carrying on. So those are two reasons why I think. I think my mom had the senior citizen demographic going out to the theaters. And then, of course, Unkar Plutt, honorary Chicagoan. Well, that was wild. Thanks, Ma. All right. Okay, so, yes, so Illinois has the distinction of being the only state where The Force Awakens is the trending Star Wars film, according to Google Trends, over the last 12 months. Here's a weird one, though. Uh, Alaska. Is that Alaska? Or is that, is that? Yeah, it's Alaska. You know how those maps work. They, they throw Alaska down there uh, on the southern tip of California. Right. Where it Bizarre. naturally is not. Yeah, of course it's not. Somehow Alaska, Hawaii, Hawaii is in the uh, Gulf of Mexico somehow. <laughs> we, we don't ask questions with no. these Star Wars maps. All right. So Alaska, Rogue One. Rogue One trending in the state of Alaska. And that's the only state where Rogue One is the most popular. Only one. Only one. So So, what would the connection be? I mean, why do people gravitate toward Rogue One in the state of Alaska? Maybe just the feeling of being isolated from the rest of the, the, the civilization, or in this case, this country. Uh, they're you know they're off over there, uh, way up there, eh? And sure. um, and so maybe it's uh, I would have thought Empire Strikes Back because of course the Hoth, and mm. I you know think of snow, I think of Alaska, I think of Star Wars, snow, Hoth, Alaska. Mm. So what what's the connection with Rogue One? I wonder. I don't just, get it. I really like a, don't get it. Just like a good old gritty war film. I guess that's what they like. I guess that's and what like. well, I, I think I figured it out. Okay. Oh, Alaska is not part of the continental United States. The the forty eight states that are all together in North America, it's off on its own. It stands alone, like Rogue One, the first standalone Star Wars film. Okay. All right. I see a connection there. I think that's reasonable. You know what else is real trendy right now? What's that? Well, at least according to North Dakota and Texas and Arizona, Arkansas hmm. and Louisiana, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Phantom Menace taking the uh, the golf light. You wouldn't believe. Well, it's still opening up in some theaters out there. You know, <laughs> it's also there, up there they... in Maine, which is real strange. Yeah, they get everything last. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got we've got a few that are really into uh, the Last Jedi. We've got New York, you know they're the trendsetters, right? New York, of course. Also Michigan, boo. Well, if you look closely, though, only the Lower Peninsula, not the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> Seriously, the Upper Peninsula likes the Phantom Menace. Probably That's still true. opening in theaters up there. That's true. Uh. Utah also out there representing for The Last Jedi. But all the films are, are definitely represented. Now, A New Hope, that's, gonna, that's showing up there in Minnesota, as well as in Nevada. They're all about The New Hope, and, and, and so is uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, is that New Jersey? What is that there that's over there? I think it looks like Jersey with the, with the New Hope. Uh, Revenge of the, of the Sith uh, showing up in states like Idaho, Wyoming, and uh, Nebraska. Oh, anyway, this is a lot of fun. So if we haven't mentioned your state, you can go ahead and you can check it out. Uh, Reviews.org is the site. Uh, Craig Hanks and the story is what's the most popular Star Wars episode in your state? And uh, see see what you think. Now, with Ohio and The Empire Strikes Back, I think that's great. Part of me is like, well, that's such an obvious choice, but uh, we'll see. We've got a hotly contested gubernatorial race going on here in Ohio. (laughs) I wonder if that's going to affect the uh, map at (laughs) reviews.org. Who knows? But... uh, Anyway, it's a lot of fun. They should update this. They should update this every once in a while. I I think they should. I think it would be something that would be... It's too close to call there in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where between Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. Hello there. Come here, my little friends. Don't be afraid. Oh, don't worry. He'll be all right. He's just resting up for May the 4th. A little Jedi mind trick here. Luke, may the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with... Oh, yeah, he's out. (laughs) (laughs) James Arnold Taylor, genius. So great, so great. Hey, want to take a brief time out and tell you about another wonderful sponsor here at Rebel Force Radio, Casper. What is Casper? Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. I know because I own a Casper. I sleep on one every night. The wife and I, we were married uh, just a few years, and we realized that we've just been sleeping on hand-me-down mattresses. Why not get one for ourselves? So we did a little research, and we found out about Casper, and you're going to love them. You're going to spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you might as well be comfortable. The experts at Casper have worked tirelessly to make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right amounts of both sink and bounce. You're happy, she's happy, everybody's happy. Breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Amazon and Google, Casper is becoming the Internet's favorite mattress and we want you to try it out just go to casper.com slash rfr and use promo code rfr at checkout and you will get 50 dollars towards the select mattress of your choice once again that's casper.com slash rfr and use promo code rfr and after you're done listening to this episode of rebel force radio sponsored by casper check out casper the podcast sponsored by casper it's an entire podcast about casper Sponsored by Casper. Meta. It's available now on Apple Podcasts. Soon will I rest? Yes. Forever sleep. Rebel Force Radio. You've already made that Star Wars reference. Your source for the Force. Star Wars parody! (laughs) Boy, my heart skipped a beat when I saw this, because I have to tell you, I've had a big thing for Helen Hunt. I don't know how long back from back in her mad about you days to uh, the Twister movie. Wasn't it called Twister? Yeah. The one she did with yeah, the Twister movie and as good as it gets. I've just always uh, 
Really enjoyed Helen Hunt. And uh, she kind of went away for a while, but she's back. She shows up on Stephen Colbert. And if I didn't love her enough, I've come to find out that she is also a big Star Wars fan. Which is uh, kind of something that blows my mind away a little bit, too. But, Jason, knowing what a huge fan you are of Mad About You and how you and Deb used to cuddle up every night and watch reruns of that back when... Uh, <laughs> it's actually were... true. It's actually true. See the things I remember? You think, yeah. I, you think I'm not listening, but yeah, oh, I am. Remember... <laughs> oh, I am. Well, I picture you, too. She's like yeah. Helen Hunt. You're... You're like Paul Reiser. You're sitting there. And... Totally. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but Helen Hunt, <laughs> she was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert this week. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you know, and Colbert, of course, a big Star Wars fan himself. And uh, he had researched uh, her. She's, he said that she was a big fan of science fiction. She immediately corrected him, said, no, Star Wars. And so it almost seemed like at that point Helen wanted to kind of prove herself to him. So she told a story about uh, something a lot of us Star Wars fans desire, but not necessarily always flip the switch on is a Star Wars tattoo. You don't even understand. I wanted to get a Rebel Alliance tattoo, but my daughter said no. Why? She your said daughter, no. Why did your daughter say no? Well, first she said it looks like a leech from across the room, which I thought was just rude. And, um... Oh, did you draw it on first? Did you draw no, it? No, I had it henna tattooed on. Oh, oh, and you were going to have it, like, make this permanent? Yeah, I wanted to, but she just said, when I'm 18, you can do what you want. She actually <laughs> said that. <laughs> So, so your daughter is raising you well. A little bit. She's Glad kind she's of in charge. She values. has a very level head and is usually right. So I, w- so I'm doing what she says. Does she have a tattoo? And you don't no. have to answer that. No, 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 no. Okay, just didn't know if it was like <laughs> what I she get did? one, but you don't. You don't get that. That one. would be weird. Um, no, she doesn't, and I don't either because she won't let me. <laughs> she's got to be a big fan in order to want the permanent ink, right, of the Star Wars tattoo, which Jim, you have. Well, I have a wolf pack tattoo. Yes. And uh, to me, that means more than Star Wars because Dave Filoni inducted us into his own personal wolf pack. And it is a really cool logo, too. But um, the Rebel Alliance symbol is also a very desirable tattoo, if you want to say it loud and say it proud, like Helen Hunt wants to. (laughs) And uh, my goodness, does she sound like somebody uh, who could just sit right in here with us at Rebel Force Radio. But like I said, she doesn't get the vibe from Colbert that he's really buying it. So she feels like she has to really force the issue and uh, prove herself as a true Jedi Master. Are you a lifelong? You seem like you don't believe I'm a real fan. But I'm a super geek fan. I don't, I don't, I don't disbelieve. But I want to know when this started. Like, were you the day Star the Wars age. opened? You're a little younger than I, I was am. There, but you were the very first one. Oh, oh yeah. In, in 1977, I paid my money ten times, and then my 16th wow. birthday was waiting in line all day to see The Empire Strikes Back. Where were you when I was in high school? Where were you when I was in high school? No, because I, I went with Roy Slotchever and Haskell Feudenberg and Keith Sarge. Terrible mistake. I would love to have gone no, with Helen have Hunt. <laughs> there were no girls. Yeah, there, there were no girls to go I, with me in the time. Well, I was there. So on my 16th birthday, we were waiting in line all day. And For which one? Empire Strikes Back. Okay, sorry. And some jerk drove by who had just come out of the theater and yelled, Darth Vader is 
you know who's you know what. In case there's any young people watching. <laughs> Look, well, I don't want to ruin. 2:30 is too late. Rose I'm not going to be the one. <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to wreck it. But he okay. wrecked the whole thing, and I heard it, and my parents didn't, so I watched the whole movie, and I loved it. But I knew. What jerk is that? Do you think? <laughs> it's the same guy that walked out of uh, Force Awakens and said, Han dies! Oh. <laughs> and Jason Swank is his name. Or Homer Jason Simpson. <laughs> Whoever comes out of the theater first. <laughs> but yeah. uh, So it's, it's really cool to hear Helen Hunt, who I agree, she's pretty cool to begin with. And to yeah. hear her just saying it loud and saying it proud for Star Wars, I think that's great. Very cool. And uh, to have been uh, a fan from way back and spend your 16th birthday waiting in line for a turn that you or Empire Strikes Back. Remember yeah. when you had to wait in line for movies? It's crazy. Well, that was the first movie I ever waited in line for like that was Empire Strikes Back. Opening day in May. What year was that? 1980. 1980, yeah. yeah. Stood outside the Gulf Mill Movie Theater at Niles, Illinois, with Billy Mack and the Anderson brothers, Eric and Lars. And uh, we stood out there for, uh, well, it must have been three hours. It was uh, unbelievable. Little did we know, two decades later, people would be setting up tent cities months in advance of the film (laughs) being released. And uh, that seemed even uh, wild, though. But back in the day, having to wait outside like that, like we did, you knew it was a big event. And Empire was that. I got to tell you, I'm a little bit thirsty. We were talking earlier about blue milk. It's about time for some blue milk. Let's go into the cantina. And as we said, uh, our guest this week from Zen Studios, Chris Baker. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Sorry about the mess. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jimmy. Good talking to you. Here. Jimmy? Oh, oh, wait, it's Jason. Why do they all all think I'm Jimmy? Oh, wait. Jimmy's the only guy that works around here. That's what everybody thinks. (laughs) And they'd be half right. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? Uh, Good. I've just been talking to Jimmy this whole time, and I figured he would be the one talking. And I was so excited to to pick up because I've been a fan of your show for so long that uh, I wasn't really listening to the voice. I definitely know the difference between you both. Hey, Chris, uh, and, you know, uh, I, I drive the car when we're off the air, but when we're on the air, I'm riding shotgun. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I turn the keys over to Mr. Swank, who uh, drives much better than I do. He doesn't have as many flags on his license at this point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it's great to talk to you, Chris. Thanks for coming on the program. Really appreciate you taking the time thanks for reaching out as well to tell us about some of the things that you're up to at zen studios as the creative the director of creative communications yes that sounds very important it's a it it is a title that means i do things there i wear a lot of hats actually it's it's pretty cool i get to contribute you know to kind of pr-ish stuff like this and then i you know also get to contribute to game design and uh 
concept reviews and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool gig. And, of course, you have a background in video games and Star Wars, for that matter, as, yeah. a, as a veteran of uh, LucasArts. May she rest in peace. <laughs> Indeed. I worked at LucasArts from 2005 to 2007. Uh, I also, before that, I was at the official U.S. PlayStation magazine where I reviewed Star Wars games pretty uh well, somewhat regularly. Uh, and after uh, LucasArts, I went to Marvel when I was at Marvel for about uh, seven years. And, uh, you know, I've been doing other things since then, but those are the most interesting things. Uh, you know, LucasArts was an amazing time, and, and I'm, it was, you know, it was only three years, but it was a uh, very awesome three years there. What did you do exactly there at LucasArts? I did PR at LucasArts. I was, I was studio publicist was my title back then. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, and like... What- what oh, would have been what what some of the games that would have come out at the time when you were um, handling press? What what? Yeah, I uh, I joined the company right before Episode Three came out, so the Episode Three video game. Uh, oh, I, I remember it well. That was the first. Yeah. That was the first glimpse we had of clips from the movie because I think that came out right. a couple of weeks or maybe a week before the film and. Uh, we were all. I remember I ran out with my old buddy Pete and we had to get, grab the game so we could go through and look at all the cutscenes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it totally spoiled the movie. So did actually like a month before that Lego Star Wars. The original Lego Star Wars uh, had all the spoilers in it in, you know, the cute Lego way. Uh, but <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was May the 5th. I remember I remember there was a time uh, before, you know, now we're coming up on, on May the 4th right now as we record this. And uh, like uh there was like there was talk like should we bring it out on May the fourth because May the fourth be with you, <laughs> you know like no one was really saying that in two thousand five. Uh-huh. It, it it wasn't a thing at that point, right? right? Yeah, and it yes. came out May the fifth, and we were like, uh, what a, what a missed opportunity. But you know, it's, oh. it, at the time, it was the fastest selling uh, Star Wars game of all time, so uh, it did okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, later after that was the first one. Like I, I like really had a role in promoting, like actively was uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two, the the original Star Wars Battlefront Two. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, you were really. I mean, you were there during a bit of a golden age. I oh, think absolutely. with some of those. Titles. Yeah, it, for Star Wars games especially. Yeah, yeah and then, then the following year was Lego Star Wars Two. Uh, which was a total blast, and you know, as as much as as great as the original Lego Star Wars was, I think uh, people really appreciated not only you know what we did uh, with that game, but just uh, like I think that was the game that really made the Lego games like the institution yeah. that they are today. Institution, well, how about it? Because it's been around for that long. It's it's funny to think that those yeah. Lego games have been around that long, and then also thinking back to that Revenge of the Sith video game. It makes me miss the video game tie-ins to Star Wars movies because now we've had three releases with no yeah. video game counterparts. Why do you think that is, Chris? Uh, it's an industry shift kind of thing. There was uh, Lego The Force Awakens, okay. so that, right. that is a thing. Which, which is a fantastic game, by the way. I, I did yeah, want to say I, I play the, the Lego Complete Saga and Lego Force Awakens with my son almost every day. Cool, cool. Two great movies or games, but yeah, I'm thinking and, uh, more about like the direct tie-in, not the yeah. Lego, yeah, like than... a, like a more kind of more serious photorealistic yes. kind of. Yes. Yeah, you know, like sometime in the late 2000s, uh, movie games just stopped selling, mm-hmm. uh, and and that is largely due to the fact that uh, production cycles for video games 
when they were dependent upon movies and coming out with the movies, they had a, a very rushed cycle, and, and that often showed. It often showed in games that came out, like, alongside movies. Um, you know, I, you know, when I was at Marvel, we worked on, we did Iron Man, and we did uh, Incredible Hulk, and, you know, those were kind of admittedly subpar games, uh, largely because the, those productions were so rushed. Um, you know, Episode 3 was, I would say, was a good game. It still wasn't a great game. Um, you know, as opposed to, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the old way of Star Wars games doing it was, uh, they would just come out years later, like, you know, the, the classic uh, arcade game, which is like five minutes long, but it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to this day. Uh, you know, like the super Star Wars games on Super Nintendo and all that, those were like, oh yeah, they're not exactly, uh, uh, the most faithful adaptations uh but so complicated (laughs) i mean ridiculously complicated those those super nintendo games super star wars empire jedi i mean and they got gradually more difficult as you kept playing the uh the the releases by the time return of the jedi came out i could make it like halfway through the first level and then that was it it was game over well keep in mind you know that was still in the day where you got like you know, three men, and then you died, and you had to start at the very beginning. Right. That's true. Yeah, no that cheat helps. codes, no none of that. <laughs> there were cheat codes. You could uh, you could go to, in most of those games, I think maybe all of them, uh, you could punch in a code, and it would take you to a certain level. So if you got the, if you got the right issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly or whatever uh, that just so happened to have that list, because we didn't have the internet back then, then, oh. uh, then you were. <laughs> oh, you the were time I wasted! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I can only have that time back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is. I mean, it's it's. Uh, you gosh, I mean, even with Lego, I've been waiting for a a you know a Lego Last Jedi game, which doesn't seem to be on the horizon at all. I don't. I'm not hearing anything yeah, about that. I so anything about that either? Yeah. You know what? I would really love. Actually, I would love uh, like a, a super super The Force Awakens super. Uh, yes. The, the Last Jedi that would be like kind of a classic 16-bit style. Oh, oh, uh, go retro on it. Yeah, yes. go, go totally retro. Go, you know, just kind of take what those old games did to heart and mm. and just go, you know, loosely follow the plot and throw in all kinds of, uh, you know, just crazy creatures coming at you in all directions. And the was, bosses, you know, the, the big bosses yeah. at the end of the levels. I mean, just absolutely absurd stuff. So we don't have direct video game tie-ins, but at least we have Star Wars Pinball, and you could play yeah, I, a you know, video game of The Last Jedi Pinball style. Which and is and cool. that is a direct tie-in. It actually does follow the plot of the game, and you can play out scenes from the film uh, as like a pinball style. Uh, it, and I, that's what... So what I really love about pinball is like, or you know, Zen. Um, I've actually personally been working with them in some capacity for a very long time. I worked on a Punisher game ages ago with them when I was at Marvel, and then in 2010 they started doing uh, Marvel pinball. So I worked on uh, those when I was at Marvel, uh, and then in 2013 is when they started releasing the Star Wars tables, and I just played those all the time as a Star Wars fan uh, until now when I get to finally be involved with uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, so, you know, I've always been a fan of just their formula and I think that, uh, you know, the, you can, you can take, you can make an adaptation into pinball, uh, very effectively because it's such an abstract idea. Mm. And, uh, as opposed to like a traditional movie game where you're kind of doing a literal kind of, you play the game 
step-by-step kind of thing. Pinballs is very abstract, and, and you know what you're doing exactly. Like in, in The Last Jedi, uh, there you can play out the scene on Crate, and the pinballs will have the red trail behind them on Crate. And it, it's mm-hmm. like you, you know what's happening, but it's not exactly what's happening. It's a very abstract uh, presentation <laughs> of it. It's yeah. it's kind of kind of artistic in a way, if you want to say. Uh, and at the same time, you have like you know, familiar lines from the movie and and just familiar situations like BB-8 coming in and and blasting away at Phasma and stuff. Uh, so y- you know you have all the stuff that you know, but it's presented in a way that you don't know, and you get to play it, and and it's really cool like that. Well, this was very new to me. Um, but so for those that are kind of unaware of what pinball is like on a you know on a game console and how it works where you're able to download these boards can you give folks a an idea if they're yeah. interested in playing this what do they what do they have to do what are the steps yeah so uh on on modern gaming consoles so ps4 xbox one uh it's not on nintendo switch but uh you know on on those and on pc uh there's uh, a game called pinball fx3 it's a free download uh, just look it up on your system. You can download it for free. And it comes with a table that is uh, just an original creation. It's called uh, Sorcerer's Lair. Uh, and then from there, it's downloadable content. And we have packs. So there are 16 total tables involving Star Wars. And probably, uh, I don't know if I may had four or five packs that they're all in. So it's like uh, like two to three tables per pack, pretty much. Uh, Last Jedi has two tables, which is The Last Jedi, and then one that's just specifically on Octo Island, where you're hanging out with Porgs and training Ray and <laughs> and and showing uh, R two shows Luke like his greatest hits. It's more than just uh, you know what he shows on the Falcon in that one shot. <laughs> that is yeah. true. Uh, you see R two yeah. at the top of the table, and he starts flashing these holographic images of Luke back in his prime. You know, trying to get Luke to shake out of it. You know, and I got to say that. I really enjoy the Octu Island at nighttime. It's it's like almost a relaxing experience being there on the yeah, island and playing pinball. There's just something really, yeah, just relaxing and mellow about being it, there. It's very zen. Very, very zen. zen. Very I, I think zen. it all comes back to the word zen. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think that's a really good, if you're completely new to uh, video game pinball, I think uh, the Octu Island table is uh, a great way to, to get started. Uh, just kind of ease yourself in and then you can get into like the more intense last Jedi. But overall, you know, I said that there's 16 tables. Oh, also if you want to play on your phone, uh, it's on iOS and Android as Zen pinball. Uh, and there's also star Wars pinball, not to further complicate things, but, uh, if you get Zen pinball, you can download the tables one by one. It's a little bit different, uh, setup, but, uh, so over the past five years, uh, you know, I think, Zen has pretty quietly become one of the uh, the biggest Star Wars games of all time, the the Star Wars pinball, because we have we have sixteen tables, uh, and you know they 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 cover everything uh, more or less. Uh, almost every movie, not the prequels, but every movie except the prequels has uh, an adaptation table. Uh, my personal favorite is also my favorite Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, that's that's my favorite of the, the Star Wars tables. We have tables based on just like Han Solo. Uh, if you want to get ready for the, the movie, and then you know it has nothing to do with that, but 
It's, uh, you know, the classic trilogy Han Solo. We have a Boba Fett table, a Darth Vader table, so several character-based tables. We also have tables based, like, on concepts. So there's, like, an X-Wing versus TIE Fighters table that I don't remember than Starfighter Assault, I want to say what's called. Mm. Uh, there's, uh, like, a, a Jedi versus Sith table. Uh, we have a table based on Rebels, based on the Clone Wars. Uh, so it kind of runs the gamut in terms of... Uh, That's got to much- be... It's got to be really satisfying for your developers to do when they're not necessarily beholden to a particular plot line or something like that, where they can really get very, very creative. And as you said, even, you know, abstract to a degree. Yeah, adaptation. Yeah. You know, we have like in that Jedi versus Sith table, we have like holocrons all over the place. It's not specifically tied to to one uh, like a movie. It is very much the idea uh, of the Jedi and the idea of the Sith. Uh, so, you know, it, it's very cool as a star Wars fan. I just really appreciate that kind of thing. And, you know, we have, uh, in, in our movie tables, we try to base things off of the actual scenes you're familiar with, uh, you know, name an iconic scene. It's probably represented in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, there, there's occasional just kind of what kind of cool things could we do that maybe wasn't in the movie, but would fit with the theme, that kind of thing. Like well, speaking of being a, Oh, go ahead, Jim. Well, I was just going to say like having porgs mess with chewy and yes, new and different <laughs> kind of ways than we've seen. Um, you know, I've always loved going to Rancho Obi-Wan and spending mm-hmm. a lot of time playing the star Wars pinball games. He has there, sure. along great. with the star Wars video games. So this is really the best of both worlds. And yeah. It, yeah. Despite it being a video game, to me, as an old-school pinball aficionado, I think it has a lot of the very uh, authentic action and feel to playing real pinball. I, I felt like I was hunkered over uh, an old-school machine. So Yeah, there's people out there who have, like, uh, you know, we do... Uh, Star Wars isn't on Switch, but we do have a Switch version of Pinball FX3, and, and people you can actually play it. If you have a Nintendo Switch, you can play it sideways uh, like a... Like you would like the, so that it looks like an actual pinball table, mm-hmm. and there are people who have like put up these big rigs like on on they've rigged their like big screen TV sideways Ooh. so they can play like oh. that. There's people who get really into this that you know they'll create their own arcade units. We have a, a VR version. Star Wars isn't VR either, uh, but you know there's people will go all out to basically recreate their own kind of pinball cabinet out of our tables, which is really cool. But, but the thing I think that really makes it fun, uh, for people of all ages who may not even have grown up with pinball is just the fact that it is also a video. It's very much a video game and you can do things on these tables that you just can't do in a pinball cabinet. Just, you know, having Ray prance around and throw rocks around the screen, that kind of stuff. Uh, that that's that's kind of what makes it different it's also a little more forgiving like uh you know actual pinball arcade uh machines are uh, largely made to make you spend money yeah right so uh you know we we put the flippers a little closer most of the time uh (laughs) your, your games will last a little longer and then you know you buy it once and you have it forever you don't have to just keep pumping quarters into the machine so that's not going forward as well oh the sad story of my childhood (laughs) <laughs> really limited amount of quarters. Jason, you were going to ask a question. Well, Chris, you, you mentioned, you know, favorite uh, scenes and favorite characters and all of that. And so we thought, you know, since this is your first time 
on Rebel Force Radio that we would give you, and you're, we're in the cantina here, in case okay. you didn't know, we're in the cantina right now, um, that we would give you the opportunity to answer our famed Yoda questionnaire. Okay. We haven't done this in a while. And this goes back to the old days on the program. But uh, there used to be a show on TV. I don't know if it's still on called Inside the Actor's Studio. Sure. And yeah. And so what we did is we sort of um, uh, kind of customized those those famous questions that the host would ask, you know, the actor uh, at the end of each program. We kind of made them. This is Star Wars style. We called it okay. the questionnaire. So <laughs> if you're ready. Uh, yeah, we're we're sure. we're, we're going to see what you're what you're made of there, former uh, LucasArts employees. So well, can I just say, <laughs> uh, talking about the old show back in the old days? Yeah, uh, uh, I, I would. I listened to you guys back then, uh, probably starting 2000, 2006, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and, uh-huh. uh, and I would like I would tell my coworkers, there's these guys. They talk about Star Wars for ninety minutes every week. <laughs> I love it. And they're like, how do they do that? Like, I don't know, but they do it. They I, I got to tell you, in 2006, it wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah. um, right, right. Was, I remember but, the big debate being uh, back then. Uh, you were talking about how Leia says she remembers her, her mother. Yes. Like You talked about oh, that all the time. God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's still a big debate, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry to, to interrupt. Oh, no, it's all right. Interested Just in what you have in store for me here. down uh, a memory lane there. I'm going to have to open up that uh, Leia remembering your mother question. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you ready, Chris? I am absolutely ready. Okay. All right, Chris, uh, what is your favorite Star Wars line? Favorite Star Wars line? Oh, wow. Favorite line from any of the movies? We'll even accept, we'll even accept Clone Wars and Rebels. Really? Yeah, you know, you I... I got to go with the first one that, that that really stuck out to me as a kid. Uh, you know, it's it's cliche now, but back then it wasn't. But uh, try not do or do not. There's uh, no try. A classic. A classic. Uh, yeah, I mean, like that. I, as a kid, that like blew my mind. Right. Yeah. right. Can I say though that I also like just have Star Wars lines pop in my head, just in normal everyday thing. Like if, if somebody says, "Hey, close the door," I'll think to myself and hope they don't have blasters. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. No, no, I. I'm with you. I, that happens all the time. And, of course, there's never Locked another the fellow fan yeah. around that gets it. You know? Right. 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 A lot of times people will send us emails and they'll say, hey, I'm an aspiring beginning podcaster. And uh, is there any advice you can give me? And I always respond with that line. Lock the door and hope they don't have <laughs> blasters. So great uh, advice. Yeah, it really is. It really is very yeah. applicable in the yes, world absolutely. of Star Wars podcasting for sure. All right, Chris. Next question, what Star Wars moment makes you smile? No matter how many times you see it, what Star Wars moment always right. makes you smile? Going back to, to being a kid, I was six years old when I saw Return of the Jedi. Uh, it was We're the, first the same time. age, I think. Great, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, it was the first time I ever heard people clap in a movie theater when the crawl came along. So mm. right along, you know, I, I was amazingly excited for this movie. Uh, and you know, that only made me even more excited. Cause I was like, what? Wow. People are cheering. Like it's a football game or something. <laughs> uh, but the moment that just my jaw was on the floor was when Luke is about to jump into the Sarlacc pit and he turns around and he does a somersault and he catches his lightsaber from R2. And like the, the theater again, just exploded in applause. Oh, and that is a it just blew my mind. And, you know, that that is my favorite moment in a movie theater ever. 
like that. Wow. Or, yeah. I mean, the main, yeah, that's a good one. And the fanfare yeah. kicks in, and exactly. it's extremely yeah. exciting. Getting chills just thinking about it right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the first to ever uh, actually make or you know state that as their – as that moment, you're the first one to ever bring that out. Yeah, so. I mean, I think my favorite, my favorite moment is, is I am your father. But like, mm. you know, uh, oh, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. Now. OK. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, speaking of moments, what Star Wars sure. moment makes you sad? Oh, it makes me sad. Yeah. Well, you don't have to cry or anything, but it just yeah. kind of makes you. I don't, you know, uh. I feel bad for all those sand people who are slaughtered by Anakin in episode two. You do really? Not. How who's, who has <laughs> compassion for the sand people? That's not true. Well, no, I like know, little kid sand people. Head. You know, there's... yeah. I, I don't know. That Star Wars makes me sad that often. Uh, it, it, it's hard to, to yeah. I, I don't know about sad. I, I do get emotional at times, but but okay. Uh, all right, all right. Chris is Chris is taking a pass. No, no, yet. he's not. He's not thinking about this enough. Maybe I'm now not. listen. I mean, think about the the death of some of your favorite characters, especially in the last couple of movies. We've uh... seen that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but you know, Luke. Yeah, Luke is my favorite fictional character of all time, uh, and I, uh, I, you know, I. But I wasn't sad when that happened. I was like, that was that was like, kind of poetic. I mm. thought, and and he he died sacrificing himself, uh, and I, I that you know I knew he had to go either in this movie or the next, and and. I'm completely satisfied with that. Uh, and, you know, sure, I'd love to see him as a force ghost, but, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know that it made me sad. It it it, it was like uh, calm, at peace. I don't know why it sticks in my mind, but the, the, the Ewok dying. Oh, the, that's the, a good one. Yeah, but when that that little, is a good one, especially when you're six years old. Yeah, that is yeah. a moment. Yes, yeah. yes, I, I remember that teddy yeah. bear funeral. I mean, <laughs> that's what that's all about. If it doesn't make you sad, you're you have ice cubes yeah. in your veins. Yeah, What's the I matter actually, with you? Uh, when I was at LucasArts, one of the cool things, uh, one of the fun things I did was uh, I was Wicked the Ewok on a blog for like a year or so. On a there was a, a website called OneUp.com mm-hmm. that was a big video game website back then. Uh, and, and blogging was a big thing for them. So I had Wicket the Ewok. Uh, basically, the thing that started it all was uh, he was very upset that in Star Wars Battlefront 2, you could shoot Ewoks, and he didn't understand why people liked this. So it was like oh. kind of his perspective. And then, you know, yeah. uh, he had this, this running uh, story where uh, Princess Nisa, if you remember. From sure, the from the animated series. Exactly. Uh, she... She loved Star Wars Battlefront 2, and she even played the <laughs> mode where you could kill Ewoks. And oh, no. it's just like, this destroyed Wicked's world. Oh. You know? Yeah, it was, it was pretty sad. That's my, that's well, now a, you're making me sad. Yes. Like, this is now my, my most sad Star Wars moment <laughs> right here. Well, think about it. my answer. Think about it. When those Ewoks get blasted in Return of the Jedi... And one gets up, and he's ready to continue the fight, but his his buddy's down and out. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And when that explosion hits there at that moment, Ben Burt used a sound effect that almost sounds like a baby crying exactly. at that moment. Exactly. You hear like this, Wah! and then yeah. <laughs> he goes yeah. to the shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're, you're getting this emotion from the dead Ewok, you know, 
you, you mourn his loss. You feel bad for his pal, his comrade. They're there fighting for their lives. I mean, this is like saving Private Ryan. But Ewok style. With only one death and, With only, and, and yeah. no actual carnage. Yeah, no blood. <laughs> no blood. Yeah, true. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm. I'm but for a six-year-old, yeah. this yeah, is true. saving Private Ryan. And yes, and and yes. so they lost they lost a comrade at arms and uh, but that baby cry there is what really seals the deal for me I don't know maybe it was a leftover tauntaun sound effect for all I know but it sure sounds like a baby when that explosion hits Wah. I know yeah exactly and then the other one just kind of moans he's like. Ugh. <laughs> It kind of rolls him over. <laughs> that is the saddest uh, moment. Yeah. I can't believe it it's taken really us over 12 years to discover <laughs> what the saddest moment actually is. But Yeah, usually these people say, oh, when Yoda dies, when Yoda dies. And see, like, Jason, uh, you wanted to give Chris a pass on this answer. Yeah, I know. And we it's turned into it. one of the most ultimate revelations we've ever had in All the right. Yoda questionnaire questioning. I'm happy yeah. to contribute. Yeah, it's quite profound. All right, Chris, we got a couple more here. Can you go on? Uh, Can you go on? I don't even know if I can go on anymore. From here? Just the the whole show in general. I think I'm done. (laughs) No, come on. There's no sadness that is pervading things, yes. All right, let's pep this up a little bit here. All right, Chris, your favorite Star Wars character? My favorite Star Wars character is Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, very, very right. cliche. <laughs> no, I but, no, yeah, but I mean, it's it's true. It's I mean, yeah, I I I uh, I he is the you know just your ultimate hero in in fiction, the ultimate archetype. Uh, he kind of looked like as a kid. I was a blonde haired, blue eyed kid. I am now brown haired, blue eyed adult. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, you know I kind of look like him. Uh, I've actually interviewed Mark Hamill too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, back in my PlayStation Magazine days, he was the voice of Wolverine in a Wolverine video game. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, I actually uh, I got to uh, – it was like me and Luke Skywalker in a sound booth for 20 minutes. It was pretty sweet. Wow. That's awesome. I, yeah. I'd like to hear his take on Wolverine. Like, Yeah, well, you know, I have a YouTube channel, uh, and it's there if you want to check it out. It's, uh, All right, what's your YouTube channel? How do we find uh, it's, it? It's about superhero video games. It's called Superhero Video Games, and you can get there quickly, uh, superhero.vg. Oh, awesome, man. Okay, great. Superhero.vg, Chris's uh, YouTube channel. Okay, two more. Hey, wait, Your real least- quick. You know, speaking of, you know, talking about being in the voiceover booth with uh-huh. famous Star Wars celebrities, I didn't do any research into who's providing the voices for the Star Wars pinball games. Do you have any actors from the film actually? Uh, no, no. Because uh, that sound- Ray sounds dead on. The Ray does sound dead on. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think she, she's really great, actually. If you had told me that was Daisy, I would believe you. But I not. thought it was Daisy. <laughs> I definitely did. Then, uh, yeah, it, it was totally Daisy. It is. Totally Daisy. <laughs> it's, it is Daisy. All right. That's what th- that's our guy. Right that's there. where you know, they call you director of creative communication. Creative, that was creatively communicating. Yes, yeah, very creative. Yes. All right. Chris, your least favorite Star Wars character. Oh, my least favorite character. Wow. I mean, and you can't say the dead Ewok. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. Do I have a least favorite? Oh, everybody's got a least favorite. Forlom. Forlom. Never really, never really got ah, into that guy. Wow. Bughead on a Forlom. protocol droid body. Yeah. Yeah. It just you know, doesn't. Not your cup of tea. Hunters. This guy. This is just the other bounty hunter. I don't care about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Give me IG-88 all day. Give, give me Bosk. All right, now, and, and there's no Forlom Zuckus confusion going here on your part, is there? I mean, you don't really mean Zuckus, and you're saying Forlom like Kenner uh, I like did. The... Zuckus's name, so uh, so Forlom uh, is the lesser between those two. But those are the the two bottom bounty hunters for sure. Hmm. Forlom, yeah. and you call him right. Forlom as opposed to Four L O M. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how they used to refer to him in the Kenner commercial back in the vintage days. And I remember getting into a debate with someone online about the proper way to refer to this character. And I said, well, no, I say for L-O-M because that's how they said in the Kenner commercials. And the guy responded, if I had to call this guy for L-O-M, I wouldn't call him anything at all. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it it probably is for LOM, but I've always just read for Lom, and, and that's, that's right. it. You know, maybe someday they'll come out with like a Marvel comic that gives them a really intriguing character arc that, that I can relate to. I think the Lom stood for love of money, if I'm uh, not mistaken. And that's, for the love of money. That, yeah. I, I've never heard that, but that makes yeah. absolute sense. Yeah, for the love of money. That's... Like, uh, people don't think about this, but, but Greedo is kind of a silly name. He's the, he's the greedy bounty hunter. Right. Yeah, but you know, but that is that's so Lucas. I mean, yeah, Darth, I Vader, Darth Vader, Dark Father, you know, Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it. You know, George was not. He did not work in you know pale pastels. George yeah. worked in bright colors and uh, it's very pulpy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. He his subtlety was not George's thing. That was just my comeback whenever, like, it, when Episode Two was out. Uh, a friend of mine, like, you know, he, he would go off on how much he hated it. and one of his big things was the character there's a guy named eli sleaze bagano and i was like okay one you never hear his name in the movie <laughs> right two think about greedo greedo the greedy bounty hunter and he was like oh <laughs> so maybe i made him hate episode four as well i don't know <laughs> right uh <laughs> and then of course george is the one who named uh he determined that uh, Admiral Akbar was his species was Mon Calmari, yes. uh, you know, based yes. on his uh, visit to the Italian village kitchen the other night. Uh, he's yeah, calamari. That to me <laughs> takes a lot of balls. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Least favorite character for L O M or for Lom. All right. Finally, let's say. And we've had to actually alter this question a little bit because of, uh, you know, things that have happened over the years. But if another Star Wars movie was to be made and you, Chris, were cast in it. Wow. And George Lucas came back as the director. OK. He's directing you on your last scene, your last day. What would you like to hear him say to you when he says cut on that final scene? Wow. What would he say to me? Is he talking to me first? Talking to you. Well, okay. Wow. Um, that, yeah. What would he say? I, I mean, I just want to, I think like something like really simple and straightforward. No, no, I got it. Faster, more intense. There you go. All right. Well, but that would mean it's not the last scene. Well, no, it doesn't he, no, matter. He, that, that counts. That He's counts. talking to me. Is he saying... As in, that was faster, more intense? You did what I wanted you to do? He's George Lucas. He doesn't have to make sense. Okay, smoke him if you got him. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you for uh, 
jumping on with us here at Rebel Force Radio. So what's the best way for folks if they're interested in uh, the Star Wars pinball, The Last Jedi? Um, it is on a you know number of platforms, but is there a place online they can go to, to learn a little bit more about yeah, these you games? Can go to, you can go to StarWarsPinball.com. That's probably the easiest thing to remember. Uh, you can follow at Zen Studios uh, with an underscore, Zen underscore Studios, or at Pinball FX, all one word, Pinball FX. Uh, and yeah, th- those are the, the, and there's a Facebook page for Zen Studios. There's a Facebook page for, or, or sorry, an Instagram page for Zen Studios as well. Awesome. And, and yeah. then you said you have a YouTube channel where you're yeah, uh, talking YouTube about superhero video games. Yeah. Is uh, superhero.vg. Uh, you know, I say it's for video games. It's actually Virgin Islands, but you know, it works for video games. Uh, and you can get me on Twitter at, uh, at cbake76, C-B-A-K-E-7-6. And there's links to, uh, anything me that you need there anyway if superhero.vg is too hard for you well chris it's been great talking to you may may the fourth be with you and with you and uh, although I, I'm, I'm with you i heard you guys talking about how may 25th is the the real star wars day and and i i always have said that so it's the valentine's day and may the fourth is the <laughs> yes. sweetest day yes yeah but exactly. it's 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 a great pun either way so um and, and by the way you're in new york in the yes. state of New York. And did you know that the most popular Star Wars film, according to Google, for New Yorkers is The Last Jedi? I Out of all of them. But that's because New York is so cutting edge, you know. <laughs> New York City is uh, on top of it all as soon as it happens. And uh, that's okay. the freshest Star Wars film that's been released up to this point. So, of course, New York is uh, celebrating The Last Where is Jedi. It? What's the source on that? Uh, the source on well, that is a story we have, Jason. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, on uh, reviews.org. Okay. It's an article that was written by Craig Hanks. No relation that I'm aware of to uh, Tom Hanks. But, and it, what, it, what they did is their methodology was they collected Google Trends data on all of the nine full-length Star Wars films for the last 12 months to see the most searched for film in each state. So they kind of you know, looked at the geo... Um, you know, the geography and what people were Googling as far as Star Wars film titles. Okay. And in the state of New York, over the last 12 months, it was The Last Jedi. All right. So there you go. But that's not the case across the nation. In fact, you know, it's 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 pretty split. There's 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 a whole lot of factions out there. In fact, every one of the, the nine films is leading in some state in the country. That's that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. What about the Clone Wars? Is that uh, leading in any state in the country? It doesn't look like it. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks so much, man. And I hope to have you back on the program. I'd love and to. we can this talk a little great. bit more Star Wars. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, bud. Take care. Thanks, Thanks again. Sure thing. Bye. Bye. Are you offering me a job? Wouldn't be nice to you. Doesn't pay much. You're offering me a job. In the Cantina was brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring, posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter has revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a high-quality candidate through the site in just one day. 
ZipRecruiter spotlights the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. And right now, Rebel Force Radio listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash RFR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RFR. ZipRecruiter.com slash RFR. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's the top Star Wars car trader app. Relive all the galactic adventures of almost 40 years of Star Wars with the first ever Star Wars digital trading card experience. Collect and trade thousands of Star Wars cards. Get packs of officially licensed digital cards from Star Wars to The Last Jedi. Now featuring cards from Solo, a Star Wars story. Join the best online community of digital card collectors in the world. The 24-7 fan feed allows you to propose trades and chat online about all things Star Wars, so you can feel the power of the Force. The most dynamic card store in the galaxy. New series, artworks, and editions of cards released daily. Collect and trade thousands of officially licensed Star Wars digital cards. From the nostalgia of the original movies to futuristic with all new trading cards with exciting digital twists. Take your entire Star Wars card collection with you and play online anywhere you go. And we're ready to trade with you. Simply search Rebel Force Radio in the Card Trader app and trade with us today available for ios and android devices get it online at the app store or visit tops.com for more information it's the star wars card trader app these are the cards you're looking for Hello, my friends. This is Moralo Evol, and today I heard one of my guards say, May the fourth be with you. Hmm, sounds very suspicious. Moralo Evol suggests you be on your guard the whole day. Well, that brings back memories. Yeah. <laughs> Moralo Evol, in that you know the the, the voice that uh, Stephen Stanton, the great voice actor, uh, did was so creepy. Yeah, uh, that we 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 dubbed him Uncle Moralo because we it's just <laughs> something so sinister about it. And uh, and and Stephen played along with us so well and recorded a series of uh, bedtime stories. Oh, my God. Some of them, he did a whole series, and some of them I think you can still find out there online. But yeah. we would debut them here on Rebel Force Radio. And for those of you who may have not watched Star Wars The Clone Wars, Moralo Evol was a guy who, uh, he was just a bad dude who uh, was plotting to, kidnapped Palpatine at one point, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, I think he worked with Cad Bane in an episode here, there. Um, I remember Obi-Wan had to disguise himself to infiltrate a prison where Moralo Evol was being held. And, of course, as you said, Jason, Stephen Stanton did the voice, the incredibly creepy voice. So uh, I think it's appropriate that we wrap up our May the 4th episode here of Rebel Force Radio with uh, Moralo Eval uh, waxing poetically about May the 4th. Masterworks Theater presents Bedtime Stories with Moralo Eval. 
Greetings to one and all. This is your Uncle Moralo, and I noticed by the calendar scratched into the wall of my cell that today is that day of days, May the 4th. And in honor of this festive occasion, they're serving us cake for lunch. Oh, how revolting. But your Uncle Moralo is not a party pooper, especially when such merrymaking provides a distraction for my deliverance from this house of correction. So let us while away the time with a little ditty I penned celebrating this special day. The 4th of May is finally here. The rebels will dance and sing. The Sith regard it as a pain in the rear, whilst the Jedi feel no sting. To the bounty hunter, tis a day to make merry, for during the galas and feasts, some scum on the run will drink too much lum, then find themselves shackled and leashed. The younglings revel in the fun and games. For them, the whole day's a lark. But young clones are out on the target range, hoping to make their mark. The huts provide the sporting events, so the pod races keep them all grinning. They really don't care who you bet on, just so long as you're not winning. Yes, the 4th of May is here at last. They call it Star Wars Day. But this time, once it's gone and passed, it'll be known another way. When the food is eaten and the drink is drunk and the fun and games have ceased, may the 4th be with you will come to mean the day Moralo was released. <laughs> Ah, oh, that sounds like my cue to exit. Moralo Evol hopes you all enjoy Star Wars Day, and against my better judgment, I'll say, may the fourth be with you. <laughs> This has been Bedtime Stories with your host, Moralo Evol, on the lamb and wanted in 12 systems throughout the galaxy. going to wrap things up for us this week here a very special week for star wars fans all over the world may the 4th we're so glad that you could spend your may the 4th with us we like to think you spend just about each and every weekend with us here at rebel force radio and we got some people that listen on fridays we got some people that listen on saturdays when they're mowing the lawn maybe when they're driving back and forth from church on sunday or uh, just back to the old grind monday morning we don't care when you listen. We just care that you do listen to Rebel Force Radio. And if you'd like more 
RFR, you can get all access on Patreon. And you'll never miss an episode of any of our bonus content, such as RFR Rush Hour, RFR Rewind, RFR Q&A, Q&A plus uh, giveaways and early access to Rebel Force Radio events and so much more. That's all available on all access at patreon.com slash Rebel Force Radio. Also, big thanks to our sponsors this week. Tops in their Star Wars Card Trader app. The folks at Me Undies Zip Recruiter. And who else am I missing? Oh, and Nissan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How can you forget Nissan? How can Nissan? I forget Nissan? The good folks at Nissan. We're so glad to have them back. Don't forget, check it out. All at NissanUSA.com slash solo. We'd love to have you subscribe to Rebel Force Radio. Lots of ways you can do that. One way is on iTunes. We'd love to have those subscriptions and those reviews. Just one rule, please, on those reviews. Make them good. You can also find us on Twitter at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank, on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. The official website for RFR is, of course, RebelForceRadio.com. You can check out all of our archives there, including episodes of Rebel Force Radio Declassified. We got some Clone Wars on there. We also have the entire series of Rebels available for you to download and listen to if you're discovering that series for the first time or rediscovering it. We also have some merch. It's like t-shirts, other things available there at rebelforceradio.com. Plus, you can find RFR streaming online at wgnplus.com. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and just just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. You can also find us weekly listed at jedinews.co.uk, yodasnews.com, fanthatracks.com, and the official Star Wars website, starwars.com. We're in the home stretch here Solo on the move, heading to theaters near us soon. Will the tickets be released for the fourth? We'll find I, out. I say yes. Jimmy Max says yes. Only time will tell. We'll see you next time for Rebel Force Radio. I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember. The force will be with you. Always. be with you. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you.